and joking too Sipping and roasting is what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all. Welcome, my friends, to this fine radio program known as Smoking and Toasting. Smoking and uh, Toasting. All about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 109. Uh, once again, I will say, 109 shows, and no one has stepped in and, no one and put stopped a stop us yet. <laughs> <laughs> you, however, have already been cursed out. Yes, by, I have. By, uh, <laughs> Chris Hart Chris. on the uh, on the uh, so. Uh, We've just so started the show, and it's already getting welcome angry. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Our guests today are, uh, we're live at Stogie's, by the way. Stogie's uh, World Class Cigars uh, on uh, Westheimer in Houston. More about that in a few minutes. They have a big event going on this weekend, and we want to talk about that. But our guests on the show today are uh, Alan Denny and Cameron Cook. Gentlemen, welcome. Absolutely welcome it's to be here. It's nice to have you. Now, I want to say to our buddy Chris Hart, first of all, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being uh, at the uh, at the. Uh, the big uh, event whiskey last night sniff. at the Whiskey Sniff, uh, and we will talk more about that in a few minutes. But um, uh, Alan and Chris have this little thing going on, this little friendly competition, friendly competition about who has been on the show the most times. True. And uh, apparently, last time we had you guys on, you were both on together, okay. so you both got one more appearance, but Chris has been ahead of you by one. Correct. And so... Alan had talked to us a while back about, hey, he said, hey, the day after the sniff, he goes, you know, I'm going to have a friend in town. Let, if you want, we can get together. Let's do it at Stogie's. We'll bring him on the show. So I was like, okay, cool. It's nice to have someone help you book guests on the oh, show. Sure. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know? So, uh, so I was like, sure. And it occurred to me, actually, uh, yesterday, that I had not invited Chris to the show. Uh-oh. And uh, so I uh, saw Chris, of course, because it was the sniff, and he was uh, – uh, we were actually at Stogie's with a um, – for another uh, little event that Chris threw. So I pulled Alan aside and I said, Alan, uh, <laughs> should I invite Chris to come and join us on the show tomorrow? And the answer was absolutely not. So there you go, <laughs> uh, Chris. He is, uh, he is now, we've now moved into a tie. It's like the first Cleveland Brown game this year. Uh, it's it's ending in a tie. So well, it, you realize this means that we can't actually have one of you without the other. Oh, on the I know. Show it's gonna be, yeah, it, yeah. it would be so favoritism the, of a, the, of a the biggest problem story. is, is I'll be in Houston next Thursday, and I am going to stalk y'all <laughs> <laughs> at the studio. You're going to podcast bomb the show? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I am going to show up there every Thursday I'm in. <laughs> Chris is demanding a recount. He is demanding a recount. Okay, I'm not surprised. There'll be hanging chads involved. It'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be something. Well, welcome to the show. We are live uh, on show number 109 uh, from Stogie's in Houston. <clears throat> there are a lot of, uh, of great cigar uh, places in Houston, and Stogie's has always been one of our favorites. In fact, I was talking about this on the show before, that uh, I used to shop at Stogie's back in the 90s when it was smaller than the uh, lounge room that we're sitting in now by about... It was about the size yeah, of the conference room. Yeah, it really, it really <laughs> was small. Uh, but, but I used to go in there and buy cigars and, and you know hang out and chat, and, uh, and it has become not only one of the foremost... Uh, you know, cigar shops in Houston, but in the I, country, my understanding, this is the biggest humidor. Their yeah. walking humidor is yeah. the biggest in Texas, and uh, they just have their selection is really, really something that 
you know, if you're from uh, from a city other than Houston, and I always love when people tell me this that live in other places. Like when I come to town, what cigar shop do, you know do I have to make sure that I visit? Well, if you if you like big humidors and huge selection, this is the one you have to come to in Houston. Yeah, this so. is this is prime real estate. I mean, not only is it in a very wonderful location in the city of Houston because of everything that's around it, but the shop itself, the ownership of the shop, and they pride themselves on customer service. So when you come in, you don't look, you know, some shops you go into and, and you feel like they're watching me. Do they think I'm stealing? Some shops you go into <laughs> right. and there's no interaction with the staff. Right. Like you, This is absolutely this is different. Their customer service is above reproach here. Now there's, there's a fine line between someone stalking you around the shop versus available to, to chat with about stuff too. Correct. Yeah. And I've had the extreme sides of both of those. Mm-hmm. As have I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but it's, it's yeah. Sometimes. But it's I think a the thing. staff here knows knows uh, the the good middle ground to be in. Be available, but don't you know? Don't hang over my shoulder. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they come in. Hey, do you need any help? Can can we help you find anything? And a lot of times, people are looking for something specific, but the humidor is so big, yeah. they have no idea where it's at. Right. Or maybe they're looking for something that they've heard of, seen in Cigar Aficionado, saw at their home store, and they're just looking for it and are looking for something new. And the staff, and here, the staff all smokes. They are cigar geeks. They pride themselves on knowing the new stuff, trying the new stuff. Um, this store is, it's also, it's where all the reps hang out. When they're in right. Houston, they end their days here. Mm-hmm. I will say uh, that Stogie's is uh, on my uh, huge thank you list today because they uh, helped us last night with the whiskey sniff. Oh, what, did and you, I wanna... what did you do last night? Yeah, I... <laughs> I, honestly, I'm not sure I remember. <laughs> no, no, I do. It, it was, it was uh, uh, last night was the very first smoking and toasting event ever. Uh, was the whiskey sniff? We were at B and B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. They also have a shop. Uh, uh, they're also in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth as well, and they are a sponsor of the show. So thank you, B and B. The food. What a night was we had! Outstanding. Last night. Yeah. The yeah. service was outstanding. And uh, Jorge, the hosts were Jorge outstanding. From, uh, Jorge from Stogies and his staff uh, helped to facilitate some of the cigars. Uh, we also want to say uh, thanks to. <clears throat> uh, Brenton from Oliva uh, for helping Trenton. provide. Trenton. Oh, Trenton, Trenton. Why did I say Brenton? Uh, Trenton from Oliva, thank you. And uh, Alan Denning from EP Carrillo for helping to provide some of the cigars that were in last night's grab bag. Oh, man. So the whiskey sniff, for those who didn't get to experience it, uh, you come in, you're, uh, you're given a swag bag, which had some cigars in it. You choose which cigar you want to smoke. You light that cigar up, and then you can go around to the tables, and we had so many different uh, spirits, yeah. Mostly whiskeys, but there was there was uh, tequila and yeah, rum as well. Yeah, there was great gin. Uh, there was, uh, I was, was aquavit. I was looking for the Malort, but I couldn't find it. Uh, <laughs> so, but I think I know what that smells like. So, uh, uh, you can't say that. Yeah. Oh, you can. It's yeah, fine. you can. <laughs> yes, that's right. I can want. say what it smells like. Uh, but no, we want to say thank you to everyone. You know, Beam Suntory, William Grant, Yellow Rose, Bacardi, Patron, Four Roses, Heaven Hill. Uh, that did you try? That sacred bond, bottled in bond brandy. That was so. Oh, oh yes. my god! I'm I tried not, I'm the not really heck a out of that. brandy fan, and that was terrific. Heaven, Heaven, yeah, it was tremendous. Heaven Hill makes some great product, and when I saw that last night, I was like, "What is this?" And she's like, "Well," and so I, you yeah. know, I know the rep because uh-huh. she deals with us on the social, and and I was like, "Bottled in bond, I got to try." It. it was phenomenal. Yes, yeah. yes. absolutely. I I had more of that after. There was there down. was some outstanding <laughs> expressions there. Um, uh, Four Roses had a couple of their private selection ones there that mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. I really wanted. I, I said, look, if you don't want to 
carry that bottle back to your car. Yeah. <laughs> I can take care of this for you. And we wound up draining the entire bottle uh, between everyone at the sniff and all of us. All of, of the, the uh, yellow rose. Uh, of the yellow rose. The, uh, that was a special bottle. Jason that, brought uh, out. Jason brought, yeah. Um, yeah, he brought out that uh, special edition. We were the first ones to have it. It was the first place you could try it. I don't think he had even tried it yet. Is he that, hadn't. He, well, I was standing there, and he said, I want to try this. He literally grabbed a bottle as they were bottling it yesterday. That's wow. amazing. That's so I was cool. so excited <laughs> about it. And that stuff was fantastic. It really was. Absolutely. It I really was surprised was. to see Bacardi bring out their... The really, they brought out the limitada. The yeah. they brought out, that's a very highly allocated yeah. product. Yes, yes, fantastic. Yeah. I have about this much of a bottle of that at the house. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, do you want to say thank you to Shana Sonier and Mary Adams uh, for the work that they put in on the sniff? Thank you guys so much. It was it was just a blast, and I think it was one of those events where. I didn't talk to anybody who didn't have a really great time. So that that's what I loved about it. So yeah, uh, the we question's had. already come up. Will we do another one? And yes, we will. It'll be uh, sometime in uh, 2019. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do more than one. We have several smoking and toasting events on the burner. And then the other thing is we want to take the sniff out and do it in other uh, other cities, other locations. The sniff on tour. The sniff on tour. Smoking I love and it. toasting sniffing tour. That's right. So, <laughs> so, uh, so a great deal I think going on in the Smelling show today. In a town near you. There's I'm, I'm going to keep going on. That. Yes. Go uh, no, I like it. I like it. This is this is riffing and and it's a good thing. Uh, but thanks once again. And the staff, by the way, at B and B, they were spectacular. They just took care yeah, of everything. They were amazing. The food never stopped coming. The, the past whole past orders. Oh, so first off, bacon. Yes, <laughs> yes. Tony's bacon. Okay, Stay so here's more. the funny thing: like when they serve it as an as an appetizer, it's one thing because you got these big giant strips of bacon and they're like a quarter inch thick, and then they're covered with blue cheese and they drizzle that honey and truffle butter mm-hmm. on it. It's, it's so good. But when they chop it up as past hors d'oeuvres, you actually get more of the stuff oh, on funny. each piece. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they make sure it's all on each uh-huh. piece. So the, it might even be better that way. Yeah, and the presentation they did where they had it picked into the big tomatoes oh that that was the that was beef and bacon and mm-hmm. uh and oysters oh that they fantastic. had uh, now yeah. i will say the only problem there was a there was a lady i talked to last night we were sitting at, at standing at one of the tables and we both had the same problem when those servers came around they would not just leave the plate with us they yes, wanted to I continue know. carrying I those around yeah i know <laughs> they, they were stubborn like that. that's the complaint we get yeah <laughs> I will tell you uh, that one of the things I very much appreciated, and all the credit for this goes to Jeremiah uh, Butler at B&B and to the uh, B&B staff, but um, we've all been to those events where the hors d'oeuvres come out and you're like, you're talking to someone, you're like, oh, hang on, I got to get one of these because if I don't get it now, I'm not getting one. Uh, those hors d'oeuvres came out until the doors closed yep. last night and they just kept coming. Right up until wonderful. they said, thank you all, we love yep. you. Yep. Good night, Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so on today's show, we're going to be uh, doing some uh, interesting tasting. Uh, we're going to uh, be tasting, uh, as we continue in our Oktoberfest series, uh, we'll be tasting Southern Stars Oktoberfest and uh, uh, Firestone Walker's Luponic Distortion IPA Series Number 10. Uh, they've done 10 of these now, uh, and where the 10th one is out. We'll be tasting that. And Ballast Point Brewing Coconut Victory at Sea Imperial Porter. Oh, there's not enough syllables oh, in that name. Yes. I'm yes. That, you know yes. it's going to be good. And, and now, Alan, uh, you brought along a beer, too. What did, what did I you I did. Bring? So one of my favorite breweries, local, Buffalo Bayou Brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brought their 
Orange mocha frappuccino stout. Oh man, I have not. That's tasted hilarious that yet. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's you know, and it, it, it sounds like. So I just tasted their Mexican hot chocolate. Oh, which is wonderful. Oh, I love it. And, and so I, there's some of their stuff that I've had that I'm like, I can't maybe. say it's bad, but it's not. It's not my palate. Right. This I think it's either going to be exceptionally wonderful or. I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> Adam, our producer on the Wheels of Steel, we had one of their special ones at your house. It was the Christmas in July. Oh, Christmas in July. July. Yeah. yeah, with the little uh, gingerbread yeah, man with a bite taken out of his man. head on the label. That was spectacular, They had put so. out some of their limited releases are just yeah. so good. It was so, just terrific. So we'll be tasting all of that. And then from Ian's uh, private whiskey collection, uh, we have some Macallan cask strength. Uh, to taste Yeah, today. I think we're going to kill this bottle today because well, I brought just enough for, I hope so. for everybody to have a good taste. I'm just thinking, you know, this week I just don't know where I'm going to get uh, a good, you know, <laughs> uh, drink of whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's important that we do that. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk cigars. We're going to talk E.P. Carrillo. Uh, and we're going to just uh, go through some of the things that are happening out there. Um, there's some interesting things going on. So all of that is coming. We thank you for joining us for show number 109. We are going to take a quick break and be back with our second segment. You are checking out smoking and toasting live from Stogie's world class cigars in Houston. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It's show number 109 live from Stogie's in Houston. Stogie's world class cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, which was the site of the whiskey sniff last night. That's where it all went down. It, it went down, and it was awesome. Uh, and uh, we also, uh, they also have a location in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And they're opening up, I think we can talk about this, they're opening up a really cool bar across the street from the Houston uh, location yeah. called Lemon. And we'll be doing a show from there in the very near future. As soon so as they're open. Really, really excited about wow. that. So it's going to be a, a pub-style uh, bar, kind of featuring, you know, uh, sort of, the B and B take, I guess you would, on pub food. Nice, and uh, and of course uh, an extensive cocktail mi- menu. So uh, very excited about it. I bet they have bacon. I bet they do. <laughs> they better have <laughs> they bacon. Better. <laughs> if not, I'm going across the street and getting some to go, and we'll bring it in. So, hey, Alan, I got a question for yes, you. Yes, sir. What am I smoking? Tell me about this. So this is Encore. So this is a cigar that was released in March. Um, it is part of our family series. This is a cigar that is very near and dear to Ernesto's heart. This is E.P. Carrillo. The flavor profile on this is a very traditional flavor profile. Yes. So Ernesto actually worked on this cigar for almost two and a half years trying to get it right. Really? Wow. It came out, uh, the show, two years ago, but it wasn't what he wanted. And he continuously went back to the drawing board on the wrapper. And so this is a Nicaraguan Puro, um, which is not something he does. Now, he did two back-to-back. He did this, and then he did Ringmaster. Mm -hmm. But So this uses a Nicaraguan Habano wrapper with Jalapa binder, Esteli, and Jalapa filler. And so it's not overly spicy at all. It has a hint of spice in it. There's more spice on the retrohale if you retrohale. Mm -hmm. But it's it's medium-bodied, great flavor, medium complexity. It's just a wonderfully elegant cigar. This is about as solid a smoke as you get flavor profile wise. And you're right, dead dead center medium. I was yeah. I was gonna say I think it's my favorite EP Carrillo so, so far. It, there have been people Jorge is one of them. A lot of people in this industry have said this is the best thing Ernesto's ever made. I uh, just got highly rated in Cigar Aficionado in the last issue. It got a nice little write up in it. Plus it was part of their their focus cigars, mm-hmm. their highest rated ones in the issue. Um, it's done very well. This is this is gonna be 
a phenomenal ongoing cigar for us for a long time. What kind of um, difference can it make in a cigar's sales to be one of the more highly rated uh, cigars in an issue of you, Cigar Aficionado or to make that year-end list especially? If you make the top 20, you know, uh, so we've already seen the sales go up just from it getting the high rating just in this issue. You make the top 25, and depending on where you are on mm-hmm. that level, mm-hmm. you could see instantly several hundred thousand dollars in sales up wow. to a million over the course. Um, you get a cigar that's the number one. As long as it's not a limited cigar, like a couple of them have been, or a Cuban, if it's a regular production cigar and it gets a number one, you're talking about millions of dollars in increased sales, not just in that cigar for the company, but, but in, in the, whole line. the whole line. Yeah. Because people are like, well, I, I definitely want, I want that. To I want yeah, to try that's other right. stuff. Yeah, so and people well, start going after c- it. Cigar Aficionado doesn't just give it away either. No. They really are very thorough. With, uh, I've got a lot and of the, And their tastings are blind tastings, yes. which I think is important. And yeah. so many people, uh, and I'm going to, you know, I came from the retail side of this industry before I came into uh, the manufacturing side. And I always believed it was pay to play. You know, you see, you read the magazine, you see there's a full page spread of this company for an ad mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this company and this company and this company. But they are 100% not. Ernesto has, I, I, I talked to him about it, and he was like, they are definitely not pay to play. We don't send them cigars for them to review. Right, they buy them yep. at retail outlets. Different, I've, I've different retail outlets. Yep. They, yeah, and so they, they do it. They take the cigars. They have different panels that smoke them at different times, and they give their honest reviews on it. Now, there's some cigars that honestly, you know what that cigar is when there's not a band. Well, on it. sure, you yeah, know. yeah. So there's there's no way for them, but but they're not you doing anything. You leave a G box press, you could recognize that. You got to appreciate yeah. the integrity that, that yeah. they put into Absolutely. it. Absolutely, and, and you know, there's there's a ton of different. Every magazine's got their top twenty five. Every yeah. all the bloggers do it. Um, even some of the some of the. Uh, 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 just the internet sites mm-hmm. that, that do it. They do their top 25 or top 10 for the year. But most of the emphasis is put on cigar aficionados. That's the one that every shop it's goes. It's kind of the standard. Yeah, yeah. if yeah. they've got a number one, they're calling their – it's number one, they're calling their rep. Hey, I, I, need- will, I will mention this. Um, smoking and toasting also impacts sales directly. And I'm going to give you an example of that that happened today. Uh, I realized we were going to have – a couple of guests on the show, and this Oktoberfest that we're about to try, I only had one beer, uh, I only had one of them in my refrigerator to bring to the show. And I realized that with all of us, we might not have enough for everyone to get a taste. So I stopped at Specs on my way in and bought a six-pack of this uh, uh, Oktoberfest from Southern Star, which we're about to try. So once again, smoking and toasting directly has affected Im- directly affected sales. The beer I brought. We talked about it that I had seen something about it on the show me and Chris right, were on. Right. And I went and went found it and bought because one. I wanted to I haven't tried it yet. Smoking I and saved toasting. It. I got Directly a couple more at the house. Impacting but sales. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so enough talk about it. Ian, why don't you open that bad boy up and let's uh, see what let's do. see what we can do here. Yep. Nice. Almost. Almost nice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we have been uh, we've been tasting uh, an Oktoberfest on each show, really since I guess late July when the Oktoberfest first started uh, coming out. And uh, I, I, we, were, Alan, you and I were talking about this yesterday. The the 2018 crop of Oktoberfest. Either we're just getting lucky, or this is a really outstanding year uh, for Oktoberfest. It's been an outstanding year this year. It, I, I was. I'm going to tell you from from a lot of the stuff I tried last year. Um, I was not. Overly pleased with a lot of the stuff I drank, um, but this year I can't say I've had a bad one. Yeah, it's 
it's uh, it's been a great and, and we found and you and I talked about this uh, yesterday as well. Um, we have always kind of held that our personal favorite is the St. Arnold Oktoberfest because it's yeah. so freaking good. I, I have a keg of it at the house. <laughs> <laughs> I know where the next episode is going. One of the many things that I, I love about you, my friend. I am working through it as best yeah. as I can. We had an Oktoberfest on last week's show that we felt like could be a challenger to the crown. Yeah, it's it's so good. And, and it, that would be like my number one and number two, I think. The Bells Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday, we're having this Oktoberfest discussion. Alan starts describing me, oh, I had a really good one. He starts. To, he, he didn't remember the brand, starts describing the bottle. I'm like, yeah, it's the Bells. The it's bell, the one we yeah. had yeah. last week. So it, good. It, it's terrific. Outstanding. So, so, uh, so we are now trying, and this is uh, local to our Houston area. These guys are from Conroe. They are not a brand new player. They've been uh, a, a really awesome craft brewery for some time. Buried uh, hatchet. I will mention their buried hatchet. Buried hatchet. Buried hatchet. Yep. <laughs> as as their sort of shining star, as far as I'm concerned. It's buried hatchet lineup. is outstanding. Yeah. So this is their Oktoberfest. It's not the first year for it. I want to say we probably tasted it last year, but after that Oktoberfest show, I don't really remember everything that we tasted. So, uh, Ian, you've <laughs> yeah, already because we did all our Oktoberfest on one on show, one show, which was yeah. like I don't know, like twelve beers. Or yeah, something we'll ridiculous. do we'll do that with we'll, we'll do that with Christmas. Uh, well, those liquor Christmas too. beers this year. So I think we could if you guys, top that. Yeah, I think we could. Uh, Ian, your first thoughts on uh, on on the Oktoberfest from? Uh, I think Star. it's I think it's a good example of the style. I think it's uh, quite drinkable. Yeah, um, it's got a good flavor profile overall. Mm-hmm. Good mouthfeel, not overly carbonated. That and, makes me happy, and not overly spiced either. And not overly uh, and, spiced. And sometimes I like a little of the spice. You know, the um, the St. Arnold has got a spiciness Spice. to it. Not a not a, a hot spice, but a, a, a fall sort of uh, uh, you know Thanksgiving sort of spice. Of, yeah. yeah, I thought you were fixing um, to say pumpkin spice. No, it's not a pumpkin spice. But it doesn't linger on the palate either, which is yeah. nice. Right. It, it, Nice and fresh. Yeah, this is this is a very sessionable Oktoberfest right here. What's the well, ABV good, on this? I bought a whole uh, uh, six pack. <laughs> six point two five. Yep, six point two five. Respectable. Yep. Uh, so the guys at Southern Star, I think, uh, have another winner here, and obviously, um, this is. I don't think there were any changes to it this year uh, from last. So this is obviously working pretty well for them. So. Uh, so cheers, Southern Star. You guys have done well once again. We got to get those guys on the show. You know, we've never had uh, anyone from Southern we Star really on the should. program, and they and should bring Buried Hatchet. It, well, I, I'm I'm guessing that they probably will. Did I say I may have said this on uh, on the radio show before? But I had a birthday where my wife decided we needed a couple kegs, and she was really really convinced that we should get a keg of Buried Hatchet. And I had to talk her out of it, not because I don't love it, because I really do. It's one of my absolute favorite stouts in existence. But because it's 10-something percent, and if you're going to have a whole bunch of people <laughs> hanging out for six hours or so partying, around a 10% beer yeah. might not be the best idea. <laughs> yeah. It's so good, though. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, so one of our guests today is Cameron Cook. Cameron, uh, welcome to the show. Ah, appreciate first, it, guys. First time on, unlike the multiple time <laughs> and currently tied for the lead in uh, in appearances, apparently. Although I believe Chris Hart has demanded yeah. a recount. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's that record again? Uh, yeah. yeah. How many? How many appearances yeah. is this? I believe now? we're at six apiece now. Six, six apiece. Six apiece. Wow. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, so and now Cameron's going to start like angling to be on without you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just appearances. Uh, Cameron, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and uh, and how you're involved in uh, this wonderful industry that we're all such fans of. Well, uh, I guess you'd call me an enthusiast mm-hmm. more than anything. Geek. Uh, yeah, geek. Geek. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
I've been I've been smoking cigars about ten years now. Yeah, and uh, you know, just fell into the right crowd of, of guys. That, uh, How did you get to know Al? So that's kind of a funny story. Have something to do with cigars? So there's a actually it does. There's a there. Yeah, it does. There's a there's a uh, an app um, that's called Cigar Dojo. I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all are, it's basically is that, is that where you swipe right or left? <laughs> no, 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 that's no, that's, that's, that's grinder that you're on. Um, so, or, oh, I'm sorry, Chris is on that. Um, <laughs> so, no, it's it's essentially Facebook for cigars. That that's it, and and it's just there's no drama, there's no politics. It's just people posting where they're smoking, what they're smoking, how it smokes. Right. Just talking about cigars. Just talk about what they smoke. Yeah, and, and, like, and yeah. so uh, we were both on it, and I was uh, I was working at the Man Cave, yeah. right. and he Check. came in for an event Got where Kinky okay. Friedman was there. Ah, and yes. so he actually lives in Orange, just outside Beaumont, so it's a two-hour drive for him to come in mm-hmm. to uh, to come to the shop. But Kinky was there, and, and we just hit it off. We've been best friends since. That's so great. Better. Him That's and great. his wife are... Dear friends with uh, me and his soon-to-be wife that's getting married in June, and I'm gonna—he was in my wedding. I'm yep. gonna be in his, and we're that's going awesome. to Destin for the uh, for the wedding. Oh, so it should be rebuilt by then. Yeah, it should uh, be. Oh, it wasn't Destin bad. Got spared. Yeah. Destin, yeah. Destin yeah. got spared. Yeah. I I you know saw some of the coverage in between everything that was going on uh, yesterday, and certainly our you know thoughts and prayers and all go out to anyone affected by that. We know what that's like because we live in Houston. So, so. Uh, you may not remember this, but um, the very first episode y'all had me on at uh, Whiskeys of the World mm-hmm. three years ago, I guess now. Yes. So we were. I agreed to to help Doug out um, right. last minute. And but I was stuck. I remember for, that I was stuck for staff. I didn't have people to work, so I was talking to Cam on the phone. He was like, "Well, me and Amanda will come in and work it." So him and Amanda came in and worked it, and it it actually enabled me to leave the table and come over and come do over and be the interview with, with y'all. That's yeah, I, so. you know, I remember that. I went over we and started talking to you. We introduced ourselves, mm-hmm. and you told me the whole situation with cigars. I thought that was just so generous and fantastic. And then uh, that means I briefly met yeah, you. Yeah, we, we did yeah, briefly absolutely. meet. Now, now I think about it. And when you came over, and then you even uh, gave us cigars to go out on the patio that they yeah. had that mm-hmm. that that took forever to find and get to. <laughs> that was that, a, that, <laughs> that was a mess. Not Doug's <laughs> finest <laughs> hour. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. yeah, just getting <laughs> to the smoking pad. At least there was one, though. Yeah. We'll give credit. At least there was one. Um, but that was such a nice and wonderful thing. And thank you for doing that. That was uh, one of my first big whiskey events that I'd uh, been to. And just having like that kind of response from everybody there, there was a lot of love. And then you with the cigars was amazing. You know, uh, this industry, the, the liquor industry, but the cigar industry... It, man, it's such a close, tight-knit, relationship-oriented. I have made more friends in this industry than I ever made in 12 years of school. It's You know, I've said when you smoke a cigar, you're committing a certain amount of time. You know, you really are. You, no one sits down and hurries up through a cigar no. because that would suck, you know? Yeah. Frankly. And what's cool about that is if we're sitting here at this table and we're smoking cigars, we're going to talk. Sure. And all of a sudden you're making friends, you're hanging out, you're being social. I mean, that's that's what a lot of this is about. Now, I enjoy my chill time at my house, you know, with, with my cigar on the back patio and that kind of stuff. But this right here in the lounge is so nice. It's, there cigars are, are wonderful. You know, there are guys that they smoke 
eight cigars a day. They they smoke from the time they get up to the time they go up to bed, and a lot of times they spend their time alone. They, and that's, you say that's that fine. like it's a bad thing. Uh, I'm not saying <laughs> it's a bad thing. I'm, but I'm, there's those guys that they right. don't want to come in for the social aspect. Right, but I understand. What cigars you're are a social aspect. Yeah, I, think I smoke so. a cigar out on the porch with coffee, especially now. Seventy degrees this morning. Oh, oh yeah, so beautiful. beautiful. Finally a cold. Fruit. Yeah, Fine. and but you know, I mean, and that's nice to sit out and relax for a minute with a cup of coffee and not be bothered. Phones inside on the charger. I'm just sitting out there yes. watching the birds chirp and and. But this is what I like. This is what has been so. By much. the way, for those of you out there who haven't tried, if you're casual cigar smoker, the next time you have a day off where you can sit out in the morning and have a cup of coffee and a cigar. That is a wonderful thing. I don't do that that often. I don't get the opportunity that often. But there are certain cigars that go great with a morning coffee. And, and you know, I, like, I was in Ybor City earlier this, uh, earlier this year. And I'm amazed at how many places are cigars and coffee. Like, all over the place. That's what people do all up and down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I didn't realize that there was that much connection between those two industries as well. It, it's huge. Um, uh, you know, the... So a coffee shop, just a, it's actually a chocolate shop, but they have really good coffee, milkshakes, the whole nine yards, just right here in the same strip center with Stokies. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they're getting a plethora of business from this place yeah. because go over there, get a cup of coffee before you come yeah. over here. I talked about this, uh, uh, about having shopped at Stogie's back in the 90s when it was much smaller. It's also uh, right next door to the Palm. And back then... You could get a cigar at Stogie's and go smoke it at the bar at the Palm. Yeah, you know that Not was, anymore. They, yeah, obviously that's no longer a thing. But, uh, but yeah, um, <clears throat> there's, uh, I think there's a real connection between this social aspect to cigars and why cigar lounges have proliferated the way they have. You could say that it's because people need a place to smoke, and that's certainly part of it. But people don't necessarily just buy their membership to the private lounges. Gotcha. Just to have a place to smoke. Nope. You can no. find a place to smoke, unless you're in California, of course. But uh, but you can find a place to smoke just about anywhere uh, that has an outdoor patio sure. or or whatever. But it's it's being able to sit in these comfortable chairs around the table with all these other guys who are smoking and and get to know people that you might not ever have had the thought to have a conversation with. Uh, outside of the fact that you're all loving yeah. the leaf, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you sit down, and there's a guy sitting over here, and their basketball game's on. Somebody's over there. You're sitting over here. Somebody says something about the game. Oh, I didn't realize the game was – and you just – a conversation just drums up. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a pretty awesome thing. Well, cigar smokers, I think – this is a funny thing that happens, and I'm this guy a lot of times, too, because when I go out and I'm going to smoke a cigar socially, even if it's in a place where – most people aren't smoking cigars. Um, I usually bring a few extra sticks anyway because I might want more than one cigar. Or what happens a lot of times, hey, man, what are you smoking? Get into a conversation. You know what? I have an extra cigar just like that. Yep. And it's amazing how people respond to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and cigars, I've noticed cigars are, are something that people share. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not an inexpensive habit. No, it is not uh, at all. No. But people... Hobby. 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 Thank you. Financial Thank you. That's the better hole. word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but people, and I'm this way, uh, I think nothing about taking that cigar I just spent, you know, eight, nine, ten, twelve bucks on and going, here, well, you want one? You know, yeah. it's just, it's a thing. People share them and people give cigars to me all the time. It's just a wonderful um, type of thing. And you don't necessarily find, even like if you're in the bar and people are buying, you're, someone's less likely to sitting next to you at a bar 
to buy you a drink in the bar than I think someone is to give you a cigar if you're uh, smoking together in the in the lounge someplace. You know? Did that just change? Yeah, the lighting yeah, just, just changed, okay. which is uh, which is good. They that's, can all see us now. I guess. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started to say that's cool, but I'm not necessarily sure. Jorge may be watching this at the school. <laughs> yeah. Called in and said it's too dark. Yeah. <laughs> he actually did because he just joined the the live. Just, well, the yeah, scene, there you go. I bet, that, there, yeah. I bet that was totally him. He's watching right. in. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to uh, talk celebrity whiskeys. We're going to see what you guys think about this uh, this trend that's getting bigger and bigger. We've talked about this on the last several shows, but I will say, just as a primer to this, that we were um, <coughs> excuse me, we were here at Stogie's yesterday, and um, the um, the the main <laughs> distiller, the master creator of Whistlepig, uh, was here. He had been on Chris Hart's show. He was on our show. Uh, also a, a month or so ago, uh, and he talked about being a part of the process of uh, doing the new Metallica whiskey. So hmm. uh, so there's some pedigree involved in some of these, and maybe not so much in others. So we'll talk celebrity whiskeys, <laughs> uh, and we will uh, taste the Luponic Distortion Number 10 IPA in our next segment. We're live from Stogie's World Class Cigars in Houston, Texas, and this is Smoking a Toasted. Welcome back, my friends. It is Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, we're going to enjoy all three of those things on today's show. Uh, we'll get to the spirits uh, portion in a moment. But we're brought to you by uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Avenue in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth and by their uh, just-about-to-open new uh, pub called Lemon that's on Washington awesome. Ave. Yeah, looking forward to that. So I'd like to go ahead and say that uh, I, I do believe over our little break, if you're just listening audio, Cameron is not our... Um, imaginary friend, he is actually here. I think we fixed. Uh, we think we had a <laughs> I, I exist. Deal. I promise. Yeah. yeah I'm uh, here. If you didn't hear what he said earlier, he was talking about how of of the hosts of the show that he wildly prefers me to Ian. I think was what he was saying when we couldn't hear it, his mic was on. So just to to put that out there uh, for wow. everyone. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, we should uh, shotgun uh, beers for. Uh, I have for <laughs> Oh my gosh. Is, about is that another about one? Uh, yes, it is. It's another one. But we're we're going to taste something new here in a moment too, as well. So, <laughs> no, I was now. Uh, I've had some of the Luponic distortions before, and yeah. that's a that's a really nice series. It's the type of distortion you want. Still not coming <laughs> in. Luponic type. Um, Check. So it, we're checking. Yeah, are we still are we having. Working? Is it coming through? I'm showing up on the board. Yeah, I'm not seeing. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Oh, uh, Chris says his mic's still out. Yep. Uh, well, you, what do you have the gain on over there? I can tell you, he was. I'm back to being imaginary. He was. He was <laughs> continuing to uh, uh, to praise. You know what? Wait a second. My work on the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, a moment right. ago. Um, so, Ian's going to make an adjustment to the board here. I have a feeling that we can get this solved. Uh oh, the auxiliary. <laughs> So while uh, Ian's doing that, I will just mention that <coughs> themed and celebrity Better? whiskeys are becoming Better? a big trend. Boy, are they ever. Uh, Johnny is Walker is releasing nine different <sighs> Game of Thrones-inspired Thrones <laughs> scotches. There's a couple of those I actually want to try. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't... Check, check, one, I'm two. I'm one of the few people... I watch a lot of you know HBO-type TV, uh, but I'm one of the few people, I guess, in the universe that doesn't actually watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, so uh, so it doesn't go. have as much uh, instant appeal to me. But uh, but I find it curious hey, that put, they are releasing nine, not just not just one, nine. 
Well, you know, you got to have them for each of the houses, and yeah. you know, there's so much. But, yeah. but he's even. I, when I when I saw I'll it, the first thing the first thing that came to my mind was trendy. What are they? Right, you know, right. What are they? They're jumping but, on a hot trend. But yeah. some of the stuff that they're releasing, uh, some of it, you know, like they're doing the the White Walker, will be, which will be a blend of theirs. But mm-hmm. some of the stuff they're doing from other distilleries that they're doing that are going to be, you know, a nine year, a twelve. I can't remember what all Thanks, of them are, Keith. but different age mm-hmm. stated. Uh, scotches that there's a couple of them that look I'm very interested in. So we've tasted uh, one of uh, Bob Dylan's uh, bourbons. We did the straight bourbon uh, on the show. We did, and it it was pretty good. Like it was it, better w- than expected. It was yeah. It it exceeded expectations. It uh, it it didn't necessarily join my rank of favorites, but it, very drinkable. Like I wasn't disappointed in it at all. And so I found that to be good. Now I haven't had the Metallica whiskey, but um, you know, knowing its origins, I'm now a little more optimistic that that could be okay. Yeah, because so many of them. <coughs> so y'all have had Wade on as a guest before. Yes. yes. And there is, uh, I'm we sure, talked celebrity whiskey yes, actually okay. when Wade was on. And yes. so one of his, there's a, a list of. Have y'all heard the term tater? Yes. Okay, so... The whiskey there, tater. Yeah, so there's a list of things that make you a tater. And it could be anything... Yeah, it's it's hilarious. You need to go back... I'll I'll get you a copy of it. It is a great list, and it, it is on his website at tater-talk.com. Yes. And, and one of the things that he has on there is if you buy a whiskey based on a celebrity name for it or... or Something like something in that effect. Wait, I'm sorry if I'm screwing that up, but uh, it, it essentially there are people that are it's their favorite actor, their favorite mm-hmm. show, their fa- that are going to go out and buy it. Um, you know, Game of Thrones actually has done some beers. Yep, wow, and they've done some wines. Mm-hmm. There's there's been a number of these, a number of rock bands, a number of different artists. Now, wines have been doing this actually, a I long think, time. longer than yeah. uh, longer than other spirits. You know, Dave Matthews he's has an actual. Vineyard, mm-hmm. uh, Maynard James Keenan from Tool has uh, a, a whole set of wines. I've I've been fortunate enough to try one of those. It was delicious. What did you say? Sting. Uh, Sting, yeah. Sting's Sting. uh, been in the wine business. So, uh, so with wines, I really suppose it's just all about the vineyard and the grapes. Like, yeah. uh, whether it has a celebrity's name attached to it is really only marketing. Right. Sometimes, though, I wonder in the space of celebrity spirits or whiskeys if it's if it's quite the same you know it's not just about attaching a celebrity's name some of these celebrities are getting involved in it and and you know doing part of the tasting i saw matthew mcconaughey on um one of the late night talk shows talking about how the spirit that he lent his name to that they were sending him samples like every day he'd get four or five samples in the mail and he was tasting and finally when he got to the one he liked the best he said this is it and uh, and that's the one that they're choosing to release under his name i you know i don't know um with dave doing it with metallica and i haven't tasted it so i don't know but I'm we're cu- talking dave Pickerel Pickerel. From yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if i said that earlier yeah. but uh. um, my curiosity in a lot of these is all right the band or the artist or the actor or whatever it is jumps on board and has a whiskey well how old is the whiskey? And chances are, I would say more often than not, it's a sourced product. Yeah. So it's just something that they've gone to MGP or somebody else. And, and not, not there's anything wrong with that. A lot of distilleries have to do that as a startup type deal to, to get themselves going. But it's a sourced product that they just threw Put a name, name to. Mm-hmm. And, and how much of, if a bottle's 30 bucks, okay, 
how much of that thirty dollars is royalties to the artist or sure. the actor or there's whatever? A, there's a reason if you buy an official NFL licensed jersey, uh, it costs a lot more yeah. than if you buy you know one of the knockoffs someplace. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's absolutely. because they're paying the NFL. Yeah, uh, and it's the same way with the celebrities involved sure. in the spirit. So. Well, first it was Metallica, then, and we talked about this last week, we have not tasted Conor McGregor's proper number 12, but apparently it's terrible. Uh, uh, the, the review that I read uh, used the word ethanol when describing the taste. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. How, how does something that bad actually get released, you know? There's some, you <laughs> Alan know. just hangs his head. <laughs> you know, it's... Like, like that, that barrel costs how much? Okay. We need it to cost less than that. Right. And then put my name on it. Right. <laughs> well, uh, this one's going to cause some controversy just because some people love this guy. Some people can't stand this guy. But one of the biggest rock acts in the world, their front man, has uh, emerged as one of the named investors in a uh, new Irish whiskey distillery in Montesteverin. Am I pronouncing yeah. that right? Montesteverin. And it's Bono from U2. Now, uh, that will cause reactions of, oh, awesome, and oh, jeez, I, I, I can't hope, believe it. I hope his yeah. whiskey's not as boring as his band. Uh, see? I, I, as soon as you said, Bono, uh, Ian didn't even flinch. No, he was, I know. The wheels just started going immediately. Now, see, I'm a fan, although I haven't really loved anything they've done for a long time. But uh, but I'm a fan from back in the day. You know and, uh, the and, first two and albums, I, especially. Yeah, but, I like Bono. Yeah. I, but then they then they did they started doing this thing where they they started. This dynamic, right? And then in the middle of the song, they go to this dynamic, and then when they end the song, it's at this dynamic. And you say that like it's a bad thing. Well, it eh. just goes in a straight line. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. It never takes you on a ride. <laughs> well, um, regardless of where you stand on the band's music, I'm curious. If Bono's an, an investor in the distillery, that doesn't really have anything to do with whether the whiskey's going to be good, not good. Like, it, it, you know, it, it may be terrific. It may be not as good. It's really doesn't have anything to do with it other than did he make a wise investment choice, perhaps. Correct. And, you know, hopefully it's better than somebody else that I believe is from Ireland or Irish heritage that has a whiskey out that awesome. is, gosh, awful. He might oh. be waiting on you by the car. That, yeah. that's, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Um, Conor McGregor's. Yeah. It's... Oh. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. Have you had a chance to taste it? I tried it. And oh, I wow. Would, I, no. <laughs> no. Wow. Now, see, that's, so how does something, and that's, back to my question, how does something like that make it to the market? Now, didn't somebody stop and say, like, you know, Somebody guys, had to try it, right? This isn't that good. I, I doubt he's even tried it. Or do you have, you. do you have a bunch of people who have no palate for it? Try. I mean, like, you'd figure you'd want your product to be something amazing and something that represents you, you if you're you would put think, your name on it. You know, when, uh, so the Houston Bourbon Society, prime example, when, when Chris sets up all these barrel picks, mm -hmm. it's every now and then there's one person. Um, you know, Gene got to do, uh, Gene Beck, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. he, he got to do the, the Whiskey Redneck uh, Russell's Reserve pick. That was him. Mm -hmm. um, we've done a few that have been one person, but the majority of them, Chris sets up a group to go and it's a general consensus yes this is right you know this is the group consensus yeah and for the everybody one. enjoyed it and most you know chris doesn't let people that are just taters <laughs> for lack of a better word go pick these whiskeys it's people that he respects he knows they're whiskey enthusiasts they like good stuff they're gonna drink good stuff that's good a one. wonderful sound it's great i love that 
So we're, we're all about the high tech sound yeah. effects here. Yeah. On and you know, it, smoking it, it would, soundboards here. Yeah. It would really be sad if Conor McGregor list left his name to something, and he'd never even tried it and yeah. hadn't had it. Could that be the case? I, I imagine it could be. Wow. I mean, you know, you're. You, you know, would someone think like tried it, but someone like him, his name is you know worth gold. It's it's uh, you know uh, um, you've got sports celebrity that put their names on shoes. They wear right. the shoes, but right. but you know I mean people go out and buy these shoes just because that sports celebrity endorses the shoes. That's true. That's, so that's a good point. I work in the guitar industry, and what we find a lot of times is you get a guy who goes like, okay, so we were talking about Metallica earlier. So James Hetfield or Kirk Hammett's guitar is made by ESP or Gibson or whatever, and that guitar is an outstanding instrument that's that's made to a very high spec. And then when you go out and buy the, you know, three ninety nine or six hundred and ninety nine dollar version of it, yeah. it's not even close. It's, it's not made, made in the, in the same place. Yeah. It's, right, it's right. made by people who are all thumbs. So you're speaking my mm-hmm. language now. Yeah. This is this is really interesting because you would think that there would be more consistency in the whiskey industry for something like that. That that once Bono tastes the uh, whiskey and says, "Okay, this is the one," that that would be what they would continue to distill for. You would think so. You would think so. But yeah, you know, it makes me wonder. Now, most of the people we've talked about, I have no idea if they're whiskey guys or not. Rock and roll whiskey, yeah. the whole I, thing I goes think, with it. I think Bono's an Irish whiskey guy. Probably. Yeah. I think most rock and roll whiskeys, Jack Daniels, it, or, and you it. Know. it <laughs> doesn't surprise me that Bob Dylan's a whiskey guy, True. you know. So, <laughs> so that kind of yeah. fits. Uh, well, Metallica, I so, didn't know. Yeah. But so the U two thing okay. though, that is a little bit different because yeah. he's an investor in the company. He's not just slapping his name on a product. Correct. So yeah. kudos to that. You so know, that's certainly, I'm sure they will take full advantage of his involvement yeah. when it comes right, to right. marketing oh, yeah. the whiskey. But uh, and of course, this is a proposed distillery. So this whiskey may not even see the market for Could years. Be years. Yeah. 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 And so. so one of the ones that I'm actually looking forward to trying it because I know for a fact, A, he's a huge cigar guy. B, he's a big whiskey guy. And that's William Shatner's. And I know uh, it's going to so be. I'm so excited. Uh, it's going to be gimmicky. Now I'm geeking out. But. You know, it, it's going to be geeky because it's, you know, even it's got a kind of a Star Trek motif label and, to the bottle. But he's a geeky guy. Like, he embraces that. Exactly. You know? And I'm sure you, he's tried that you whiskey. you got to give that guy credit for having having a sense of humor about himself and yes. just being himself. Yeah. I have I've said this for years. He is my favorite bad actor in the world. I just yeah. absolutely love him. He, and I, I'll try he's, anything. He's, he's not a bad it. actor. He's challenging to appreciate. There you go. Yeah. That's perfect. He's, <laughs> he is, William Shatner is the malort. Correct of Broadway, but it, it's so. I was I was sitting I was sitting watching. I rarely ever watch TV, but every once in a while I'll flip through something, and I saw uh, one of the old Twilight Zone episodes where oh, he's the Gremlin. That what's episode? that? The Gremlin on the, the airplane. Little Gremlin yeah, on the yeah, airplane. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I totally forgot that that was William Shatner. Yeah, that was like that was pre Star Trek. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah I think it was, that's what yes. really got his role. Yeah. But you know, a lot yeah. of actors, specific. Like, we're getting totally off topic here, but a lot of actors, right. you know, they get. They get typecast. He was Captain Kirk for so long, oh. and then he was able to actually be T.J. Hooker. Yeah. And but then my favorite show that he's ever done is Boston Legal. Oh, he was great on that. Him show. Him with James really uh, James Spader in that show, and they ended the show with a glass of whiskey and a cigar. Yes, on the patio. it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And so I'm I'm looking forward to to trying his just because it'll either be great 
or it'll be an experience. Correct. Yeah, you know, one of the two. Uh, speaking of great, I am a huge fan of the Firestone Walker Brewing Company out of uh, Chico, California. These guys have made, uh, I'm an IPA guy. I know not everybody at the table is, but these guys have made some great IPAs over the years. When I uh, was in Los Angeles and we did our show uh, in um, uh, in Beverly Hills, uh, Beverly Hills at the uh, at the cigar club there, the Buena Vista Cigar Club. Um, one of the things I noticed, because I spent several weeks in Los Angeles, one of the things I noticed is that kind of like if you're in Houston, Texas, most everywhere you go, if they've got a handful of beers on tap, one of them will be Shiner Bach. It's just kind yeah. of the it's 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 yeah. the staple of in Texas. Uh, yeah. And yeah. what I found was that <coughs> as I went out in Los Angeles, what seemed to be on tap everywhere and i'd never tried it before was the firestone walkers uh and it helped me 805 yeah. thank you uh which is named after the area code for uh chico where uh, where the beer is from yeah. um and so i tried one and i'm like this is really good mm. it's it's a very simple straightforward lager but with awesome flavor and it's just very it's drinkable and it's yeah. just and so i came back and was looking for it everywhere couldn't find it finally i realized i wasn't looking in the right place because it's available uh, at least here in Texas, only in twelve packs of cans. So once I've learned that, I figured out where to look in the. And it's okay uh, to buy a twelve pack of that because that stuff is. Awesome. Yeah, it's really really it's good. So they've been uh, for years doing an IPA uh, limited series. They'll release a limited IPA and they make it part of their Luponic Distortion uh, series. Maybe somebody who's uh, who's watching can chime in on the text uh, on the uh, uh, on the comments and tell me what Luponic actually means because I'm not completely sure. What the word luponic means? I suppose we could look it up. If but only anyway, there was a box that we only, could ask these questions. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, something that we might have <laughs> handheld with us at all times. Uh, in any case, this is their luponic number ten, and it's described as having hints of mango, creamsicle, peach ring, and ruby grapefruit. So right away, I was excited about being able to try this because these are the kinds of IPAs I'm generally more drawn to is those that have some of the citrusy and fruit type overtones as opposed to just being all hops. And you know, I am Mr. Anti-IPA. I know you are. But, That's one of the reasons I wanted to have this on the show. But to torture I you. Do no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I, I need to see what you thought of it. I do like it's a it's what I would consider like a summer beer. Mm -hmm. I like the grapefruit. Yeah, the grapefruit. I could drink that. That's yeah. not. It's not overly hoppy like so many of them that I don't mm -hmm. like are. It's it's good beer. So I find this interesting because I like I like IPAs when they have a big front malt profile and then they're balanced all the way through. And this didn't have a lot of the malt. No, mm -hmm. this is none of that. Yeah. However, this is delicious to drink. This is a nice. They have this. Uh, they even say uh, mango creamsicle is what mm -hmm. it has. It does have a creaminess to it, it that does. I don't know that I've ever had in an IPA. Well, I've had a lot of IPAs that have the sort of grapefruit flavor to them. Yeah, some of them are very. You know, uh, uh, art you car like IPA. A, yeah, from, you like uh, a few particular ones oh, that are very grapefruit. It. This has grapefruit on the finish, <laughs> but and also different. you taste that peach in there that they're talking about. Um, but the finish on this is not bitter enough to make you feel like you just. You know, started chewing on a pine cone, which is my problem with a lot of the bigger IPAs is they just get so bitter and so unfriendly, uh, especially on the aftertaste. This one in particular, I think this one goes down like a like a it's it's a little classier than a lot of um, a lot of lighter feeling IPAs. It has mm -hmm. a very light mouthfeel. It's very light in color. Um, it smells very IPA, but again, the the first flavor of it is not IPA. The first flavor is a little lighter and fruitier and then it finishes like an IPA but like like a good gentle IPA if that Cameron, makes any where, sense. Cameron where do you come in on the IPA thing? 
I'm uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not really much of an IPA guy. Yeah, I've never really had. I've been, I've been more towards the darker beers. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I lean. You know, like motor oil dark beers. I find a lot of know? cigar guys, by the way, are yeah. that way. Just because IPAs, as much as I love right. them, I have a tough time pairing them with cigars. Yeah, I do. Uh, that's that's where I stand. <laughs> well, and you know, the other thing is, I'll say, is so the the Oktoberfest with the Encore, it wasn't a great. The two weren't right. a great it, pairing. It's not a good mm-hmm. pair. Yeah. But I think all of us, well, everybody but Cam, yeah. Yeah. we've all switched over to the Capital Soul now. And this actually goes really well with the IPA. I will just say he's really good because he switched into being able to uh, talk about the EP Carrillo cigar that we're smoking. That I was just you should, you should it was being a rep. It that was beautiful. I should talk to Ernesto. Maybe they could yeah. get him a job. <laughs> Ernesto, if you're watching, he's doing good. <laughs> and actually, I'm about to put down my encore and go to, and go the, to the. So I wasn't the last guy holding that. No, one. Okay. no. I thought he had switched to it. I apologize. So, I started later than everybody. So, uh, so, Alan, tell us a little bit about. If, first of all, is this cigar on the market now? Yes. Is this, yeah. this cigar has been out for several years. This is part of our elite series. Um, Ernesto has all of our cigars broken down into. Family Series, Classic Series, Dimension Series, and the Elite Series. And this is part of our Elite. Um, It's the Capa del Sol. It uses a sun-grown Ecuadorian wrapper. With Nicaraguan binder and Nicaraguan filler, so it's got a little more spice to it than I was what. Say lovely spice. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's several guys out there. This is their favorite cigar that we make. Uh, Trey Andrews, good dear friend of mine. He's a rep for McAuliffe Cigars. Um, he actually was instrumental with me in getting the job. He was the rep for EP Carrillo for several years. Okay. Yeah. He went the broker line, and then he's left brokerage and went to work for McAuliffe, which is a big up-and-coming uh, company, company here in yeah. Texas. Yeah. 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 Um, independently owned, Al McAuliffe. But uh, so this is the Trey's favorite cigar, and that's saying a lot with as much stuff as we have out there. Um, for me, sometimes, depending on what I pair it with, it can be a little spicier than what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But uh, great cigar. It's, it's a little fuller body than what some of the, definitely fuller body than what the Encore was. I will say uh, yeah, you're, right absolutely, yeah, you're right. absolutely correct, though, uh, and it's a tribute to both the beer and the cigar. Uh, but these two actually match up very nicely. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a fine because I love IPAs, but often don't feel like I can drink one when I'm having a cigar because they don't necessarily IPAs match up. IPAs and cigars yeah. can clash pretty quickly. They really yeah. can. Yeah. And sometimes really they take. clash badly. Like, yes. yeah. like you yeah. don't enjoy the cigar at all, and you're like, I've had this cigar before. I loved it, and, and it just doesn't work. But these two patch, uh, match up very nicely. I'd be more interested to see how it matched with more of a Connecticut or something, you know, much lighter mm-hmm. stick. With a lighter you know, smoke, Exactly. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it probably Well, this uh, is a delicate enough IPA just in the in the front of the profile to where it probably won't bash a Connecticut or yeah, a lighter cigar exactly. in general. This One of the problems with IPAs is that, that front big hoppy uh, uh, flavor bash that you get it, it really can knock out a lot of what you're tasting in a cigar almost instantaneously. Now, we'll give it, it does cleanse the palate nicely, though, too. Though. Yes. I mean, the, yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm starting over fresh just after Absolutely. drinking it. Well, um, in the next segment, we're not only going to uh, be able to pair, since everyone has uh, now uh, lit the second cigar, since, since everyone's lit the Capa del Sol, um, we're not only going to be able to compare that with a, a little bit darker beer, uh, but we're also going to uh, compare it with. The, uh, we'll p- try to pair it with this McAllen cask strength, which I can McCallan say. McAllen cask strength. McAllen cask say that. strength. Yeah. Say that. That times. is hard to say. Okay, good. It's not. I haven't had that much of the lubonic distortion yet. You're still um, drunk from last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You know how many whiskeys we tasted last? Oh, night? A bunch. Yeah. And then I, I, I'll be honest to you, because I'm such a tequila fan. 
and uh, Bryn was there with Patron with their Patron uh, Extra Añejo, and yeah. that is a fabulous tequila. Oh, yeah. And I kept going back over to that table. <laughs> and that's the one that drinks a lot like a whiskey, correct? It really yeah, does, yes. It's really got, aged, real dark. It's, it's, yeah, it's yes. really, really wonderful. Real and it's, uh, that one. It doesn't have some of the – a lot of the Extra Añejos will have more of that sort of mapley and uh, uh, vanilla flavoring to them, which I really like. This one's not like that, but I love it all the same. It's just got such a wonderful, like, aged agave vibe to it. It's really, really good. Really, really good. So uh, so we'll try uh, a little of this with uh, a little of the uh, whiskey with, uh, with this cigar, and we'll try it with something that Alan has brought along here. The Orange Mocha. Uh, Buffalo Bio Brewing Company. This I'm really excited about this. I am too. It's orange Mocha Frappuccino. Or- orange Mocha Frappuccino. Thank you. Uh, so we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting, and uh, it's On show number the one and Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It's show number one hundred and nine. And in the break, if you are uh, if you're not watching us on Facebook, uh, a poor Cameron got bumped. Uh, he was like, uh, it's like like if you were a guest on the Tonight Show and they had a, a, a better bigger, a bigger comedian come in. <laughs> we had a bigger name uh, walk in. Bumped. But no, uh, Alan, you uh, recognized someone that walked in and went over and recruited them to be on the show. So please, do the absolutely. So. I would imagine just about everybody that's watching the show that has anything to do with cigars has heard of Half Wheel. They are pretty much the industry standard for getting news out, whether it's a review of a new cigar, review of an old cigar, or actually news. Um, Charlie's instrumental in letting everybody know whether it's a, they're raising a smoking age or there's something, anything industry-wide, yeah. somebody taking a new position with a, getting a, a national sales manager position or something like that. Um, this is Charlie Minato with Half Wheel. I, I don't know enough whether he started it, owns it, or, or what, but I'll let Charlie talk a little bit about what he does. Yeah, how's it going, guys? So um, Half Wheel started in 2011. It went live in 2012. I am one of the co-founders and co-owners. Uh, Brooks Whittington um, was sort of the other main co-founder and is the other main co-founder, I suppose. Um, Brooks operated a website called Smoking Stogie, which reviewed rare and hard to find and then pre-release cigars. And I operated a website called The Cigar Feed, which did a mixture of cigars, reviews, but a lot of news. Certainly not as much as we did now. But in 2010, 2011, there wasn't really a ton of news being covered. And so I was known for news. Brooks was a... uh, a professional photographer at the time, uh, shooting weddings, and had previously worked for the Dallas Morning News and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And so his website was known for reviewing crazy stuff and having really good pictures of the crazy <laughs> stuff. And so we are both sort of associated with Dallas. We decided that uh, a lot of this, the work that we were doing was sort of overlapping. I was chasing down information for news stories. He was chasing it down um, to try to get cigars to review before anyone else had them. And we decided that we could merge in 2011, and we brought on a couple other people. Patrick O'Greed is the third partner and, and also sort of the other main part of our news operation um, based out of Phoenix. Well, uh, uh, we've talked about Half Wheel on the show before, and I will tell you that uh, I am on your site at least once a week, if not more often. I, I, I frequent it uh, not only to try to keep up with news to find, <coughs> excuse me, if there are things we should be talking about on the show here, but also because I really love the reviews on your site. I, I've Thank you. seen cigar reviews on a ton of different websites, and I find yours to be 
thorough without being ridiculous, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, I don't need to know, you know, what you did that morning, uh, twelve hours <laughs> before you smoked the cigar, like some <laughs> some of the blogs will do. But uh, but uh, they're they're very thorough and they're very very informative. Uh, and I, I'm I'm thrilled that you're that you're on the show. I had no idea that um, anyone who was involved with Half Wheel was uh, here in the Greater Houston Same area. here. I well, actually he- find when I do uh, when I do my cigar reviews on the show. I sit down and I generally will write a review on it, uh, and I just I hit the bullet points I think are important about it, and then just to see if I'm in the neighborhood of what other people think about it. Half Wheel is one that I always go to when I search a cigar, just to see okay, where am I compared to this? Because right. I found them to be pretty on the spot um, with with my cigar taste and what I my flavor profile. Sometimes there's some divergence in there, but. Whatever people taste different things, but I find them to be a great source for that. And you know, I, I I've been reading Half Wheel for years now, and one of the things I loved about them was they go to the show IPCPR, which we mm-hmm. were talking we're about. Talking about yeah. And you went to the German show this year too, didn't you? So they do reviews of the shows, and they go booth by booth. So if you're curious what we were releasing at the mm-hmm. show or what, and I've another, read that coverage too, and, yes. and they go through, and then at the, I think at the end, y'all did like a hour and a couple hour YouTube video as well that y'all kind of went through the entire show of what you liked, what you didn't, what you expected, what you didn't expect, and so it, it it's been great. It it's wonderful for the industry because it is somewhere you can go one website and find all the news, all the cigars. And it's cataloged really well, too. So if yes. you're curious about a cigar, I wonder, because I'll be honest, I don't know if they've ever reviewed Capital Sol. You can go in, go, hit the search function, look up either EP Carrillo or Capital Sol, and you can find out if they've done a review on it or talked about the cigar when it came out. I would ask you, too, uh, You, I feel like you must have somebody who's really good with the, um, I don't know what you call this, but it, it's it's whatever you do to make sure that the internet recognizes what you're doing, so people find you in in searches, the right keywords and search terms, and and the back end and all that. Yeah, we uh, uh, sort of. I wouldn't say one of the advantages. I certainly knew a little bit about SEO, um, and uh, we were sort of one of the earlier players that allowed us to get uh, decent search rankings. And then we did a couple things that were different from other websites, and and. I also think consistency is key, and so uh, posting, you know, every day and multiple times per day, and, and you know, making sure that we have good practices even beyond SEO, um, I think is one of the reasons why we've been able to to still stay atop. Although it's starting to change now that these cigar retailers are spending tens of thousands of dollars a month on SEO. Right. Well, I have noticed that um, if I search a particular cigar, if you guys have done a review of it, you'll come up in the early yeah. search results. Yeah. Uh, which I always go. Oh, good half wheel, you know. And I go if I haven't already thought to go to the uh, to the site, I'll go and take a look at, at what it's about. But I also think your news coverage is, uh, you know, I generally go in looking for news for um, <coughs> things we might talk about on the show. Uh, I'll go to the cigar aficionado site. I'll go to your site. You guys have way more news than Cigar Aficionado. Obviously, they're going to cover the big stories, whatever those are, uh, but there's much. seems like there's much more going on on your site. So whoever, I guess that's you, is that still your specialty? Uh, yeah, it's Patrick and I who do it. Um, we split the sort of, thank you, uh, we split the industry news to so the cigar company-related stuff pretty down the middle, um, and then the legislation stuff, he certainly does a lot more of the municipality-based stuff, 
and probably even more of the state stuff at this point, and then the federal stuff is certainly a little bit more my specialty. Well, it's it's a it's a great site. We recommend it as highly as as we possibly can. And I'm thank I'm just, you. Uh, yeah, it's it's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, what have you uh, been? Uh, anything you mentioned that you've been smoking lately that's been a favorite? Um, let's see. Encore and Ringmaster from the <laughs> 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 I, haven't, I haven't smoked Ringmaster yet. Um, I uh, I smoked uh, the the production version of the Davidoff Chef's Edition last week. That was uh, very good. I smoked the new Fuente or the re-released uh, Fuente Forbidden Next Thirteens, which is the TA release from them. Smoked that in the God's Whisper size. It was as good as I remember it being in 2011, 2012. Uh, been smoking a lot of 858 Sungrowns from Fuente, which is the Boy, relatively new release. I reviewed that on the show uh, last week, and, and I was blown away by it. I thought it was terrific. And we smoked the new man. Sorry? The new, the man, I have the not smoked the man. We have some boxes of it. We, we were able to, to buy uh, the humidor in the boxes, but um, they're a week old. So I'm going to try to let them sit. I'm a big fan of uh, the Don Carlos blend in general certainly a senior blend i did smoke the man from the holtz release which was about a year ago because fuente mania is next week um so they released for those who don't know the man cigar at uh, they do a big event at holtz every year uh and if you're a fuente person you're in the area around philadelphia it's certainly something you should go to because they not only they have crazy prices you have opus and msrp but they do it's one of the few times you can buy casa fuente outside of vegas uh, and Fuente always provides Holtz with a, a lot of special stuff. So last year they brought The Man, which no one had ever seen before. Um, they sold some boxes of it. Uh, I was lucky enough to smoke one of them, but Carlito told me that the blend is not necessarily the same as what was released a year ago. So interesting. Um, we'll see how they compare. The one that I smoked uh, from that event was certainly a stronger version of Don Carlos um, and, and maybe less reliant on that Cameron wrapper than the typical blend. Well, I love the Don Carlos, but smoking a stronger one would be a very interesting experience. Yeah, I would say, I mean, you have like the um, the Prometheus release, the, the Edition Especial or whatever, I can't remember what it's called at this point, but um, the, the expensive Don Carlos, the Age Reserve, yeah. uh, which I would say is probably a little bit stronger than a typical Don Carlos. Um, and then certainly the Private Reserve, which is the, the cigar that came out two years ago, I would say that was stronger than the Don Carlos. And then Senior Blends, I would say mostly have been stronger, but Senior was known to sort of tweak his personal cigars. And so sometimes they'd be a lot stronger and sometimes they'd be almost identical to regular Don Carlos. But it's still, uh, Cameroon's one of my favorite rappers and, and that is the best Cameroon on the market is what's on, on the Don Carlos. Are you finding that the, uh, the boutique companies and the smaller companies are having a positive impact on uh, some of the mainstream and older companies? Uh, are, are they pushing them like, like when they draft a young quarterback to keep the guy they've got on the team that's been there for a while to try to keep him sharp just because of, of a little competition? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think competition's good. I think competition's good in, in just about anything that you do, even in our sector. I One of the things that's been... Um, disheartening to me is that you know cigar blogs are, are, are much fewer than what they were when i first started doing this that's not not good for the cigar industry collectively it's not good for consumers or retailers and it's not good quite frankly for even me as someone that does this for a full-time living i would be better if there's more competition what's been nice is the podcasting and, and the 
the YouTube side, maybe less so much than podcasting, seems to be getting more players and more serious players um, than where it was. Uh, although, you know, we had some, some dog watch was sort of a stalwart for many years um, and Doc Stogie Fresh. But now we have a lot more players that are doing a lot of different things um, in podcasting. So, yeah, I think in the cigar space, the manufacturers are definitely being pushed by, you know, some people. You saw something like 7x70s and 8x80s. That was a, something that would never have really come about had there not been some younger people thinking about it. Now, the one downside I would say is that for consumers, sometimes I walk into shops and I see retailers with cigars and they're, they're spouting out whatever the marketing <coughs> nonsense is from these tiny little companies. And sometimes it's, it, you know, a lot of times it's not accurate. Sometimes it's, it's not accurate because uh, the manufacturer, the, the, the cigar company is, is lying. And sometimes it's because the cigar company doesn't even know that they're being told the story is that due to the same uh industry thing like uh like whiskey has a lot of this where you just source a uh source a your product and then slap your name on it and yeah make up a story or certainly some of that but i don't think that anyone that's like getting stuff out of mgp is like lying like saying that like oh this is from bardstown and this is 18 years right. old like i don't well, some of them are some of them here in texas are straight up lying about what they're doing they they on the bottles bottled and produced here but it's straight and they're trying to put it off as a but texas the product. problem with that is i mean is that you the laws in, in the u.s particularly in liquor are, are make it much more challenging mm -hmm. to do those things um like tito's is embroiled in a gigantic lawsuit over the question of whether or not it's technically handmade um, and so you right. see now yep. they're they're not using the handmade uh, moniker as, m as much. But like I said, I don't think that I would be surprised. I'm sure there's cases of it, but I would be very surprised if people are buying juice from MGP and then and then going around claiming that, you know, this isn't from Indiana and and, you know, this is our from our distillery and all sorts of things. Whereas in the cigar world now, we see that all the time. I mean, right. um, it's uh, they're just buying a random product and put their label on. Yeah, it. Yeah. And if you're not in the industry, you know, those of us that are. We know where everything's made, or the majority of it. I mean, all the owners talk. They're all friends. You, it, it's very easy to find out. But the general consumer doesn't know. I wouldn't even say. I mean, I'm less concerned with necessarily where things are made versus what they're made from. Yeah. And so um, you got a lot of owners that that are having, you know, that are being told the blend is X, Y, and Z, and it really isn't. And then they're passing that information on to consumers and via the retailers. And, you know, you take something like... Um, we saw it with Mexican rappers for, for many years. I sort of came in in the tail end of it. But um, for many years, Mexican rappers, uh, people, because of Teamo and some other bad experience, thought that Mexican tobacco was crap and Mexican cigars were terrible. And so I remember having conversation, um, and I, I think he'll probably be okay with me saying this now. I remember having conversation with Jonathan Drew before Drew State released Undercrown. And he was like, do you think consumers will buy a cigar with a Mexican wrapper on it because at the time it's not like today where it's San Andreas everything right. at the time it was very very different and so um, the reason why I bring this up is when you have you know a retailer or a manufacturer saying oh yeah this is a you know this is a Nicaraguan Jalapa wrapper sun-grown blah 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 and it ends up you know it's not a Nicaraguan wrapper it's a you know Ecuadorian wrapper it's a low-grade shouldn't be a wrapper um, and then the consumer smokes and is like, all right, I don't like Palapa wrappers. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's the danger. The danger is when 
you're passing along bad information and bad tobacco, and then the consumer develops this perception. And certainly with Mexican tobacco, there were a lot of people using mm -hmm. it prior to 2010. Well, um, those early Tiamas were not good. Certainly. But there were a lot of people that were using It's not like in 2010, suddenly, like, Mexican tobacco just got good. People had been using it. They just hadn't been telling anyone they were using <laughs> it because there was this perception. And, and it, it, I think the industry probably overstated it. But... Um, you know, it, it, the unfortunate part is consumers can take that and they can then develop habits and, and preferences based off of right. false information. And that's really the concern that I would have. And it's not to say that it's just the small companies. Some of the big companies are also full of crap. There's a couple of other things that I, I really want to ask you, but uh, I do want to uh, talk a little bit about this beer because Alan has, has poured it. And I haven't done my research yet, uh, but Alan, I can see you've done a little of yours. Uh, so maybe we'll start with you. Uh, this is the uh, uh, <coughs> the Orange Mocha Frappuccino 2018 from Buffalo Bio, and your thought is? I'm disappointed. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It, there's been very, very far and few between beers that they put out, especially their limited release stuff, that I can't that I can say I just didn't enjoy that. There have been very few. This is one. I was really looking forward to this. I'm a dark beer guy. Not my wheelhouse. I, I'm sure there. I'm sure. They crafted it for a specific palette, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that will really enjoy it. It just doesn't hit me. Ian? Um, it doesn't feel like the, the mouthfeel is not like a big beer, really. Mm. The mouthfeel is way thinner than I would expect. Um, I don't find it not enjoyable. I think it's drinkable. Um, but this, to me, doesn't taste like some of the other expressions I've had from Buffalo Bayou that are just outstanding. This is... Okay, there's a nice creaminess to it. Uh, they got that mocha frappuccino thing going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's there. Um, yeah. And it has a coffee kind of finish, which is nice with a cigar. But I don't think the whole full upfront mouthfeel on this really is. I think that's what messes with me most because I expect a certain viscosity from a beer this dark. <laughs> yeah. And it's not there at all. It's um, It just drinks like a much, much lighter beer, much thinner beer. It's about the same viscosity as a frappuccino. <laughs> you know, yeah. If you so, think about it, but uh, yeah. but again, I don't find it unenjoyable. How much was the bottle? Uh, Eleven bucks, twelve bucks. Like That's that. a little disappointing yeah. at that point. You know, if you'd have paid seven to ten dollars for that, maybe you know, maybe that's a better beer for that price, but. You know, if you'd paid more for that, I'd have been very disappointed. But yeah, I don't dislike it. You know, some of these experimental beers, it it can occasionally feel like. The thought was, we got to do something different. Right. As opposed to, this is an idea that really worked. Well, it's uh, like some there's no body in the middle of yeah. it. I think that's what's really bugging me. No, it's it's super the flavor's watery. right yeah. on the very front of the tongue. Then you get that bitterness on the finish, and there's just no nothing in the middle. I will point out, these guys, it, if this one's a miss, it's a rare miss yeah. for these yeah, guys. I, I agree. Agreed. They are, and I don't even know that it's a miss. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm, I'm, what do you think? We didn't ask I you mean, I, I think um, we have, so we also have a craft beer website called Tenemu uh, that I'm not really involved with, but it's Brooks's main part of his day. Tenemu, how do you spell it? T-E-N-E-M-U.com. Okay. And it's a similar concept to Half Wheel, not identical, but uh, I'm always amazed by what, because he'll walk in and he'll be like, hey, I'm opening this up. Somebody stood in line for six hours to get this. Like, right. do you want some? And I'll be like, yeah, and it's terrible. Um, I think the question here is like, would I ever want to drink an orange mocha frappuccino? Because um, I think the answer is probably not. Um, it is, I think, a good version of the orange mocha frappuccino with the exception of the mouthfeel, which is super thin. Um, I would say that if they could 
get it slightly more viscous uh, and probably more boozy, I think they would have a lot of fans. But yeah. uh, what's the alcohol on this? I was just about to look. Now, Cameron had mentioned over here that there's no orange. I actually, when I stick my face in this and smell, I get a little <laughs> orange, but it's kind of an orange tang. Mm-hmm. It's not like an orange-orange. It's more like orange tang powder, you know? No. Like, it's yeah. 7.6, by the way. So it's it's lighter. It's still a lot lighter, yeah. too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And maybe they were going for something much lighter because sure. it is more orange mocha frappuccino. <laughs> well, if you think about it, that's not something... If I say to you orange mocha frappuccino, you're not expecting a heavy beverage. No, but there might know? have been a free gasoline fight incident. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if they were marketing this as like an orange mocha frappuccino export stout, I don't think anyone would be surprised by the end result. Um, but... A little bit more booze and a lot more body would be I think, a step in the right direction. Let me uh, jump back to cigars for just a quick minute since we have you, and I don't know how long we have you. So, um, Would you agree that we are in a really sort of a, uh, I was going to use the word renaissance, and then that didn't seem quite right. But would you agree that we're in a really superior sort of a phase with cigars right now? I know sales are are continuing to grow steadily. Uh, in my opinion, more and more of what I smoke seems to be better. Um, w- would you agree this is kind of a, a bright time for cigars and for smokers? You know, I, I, yes and no. I, I think that the one thing that has changed, um, I've only been in the industry for, I guess, eight or so years now. Um, and the one thing that's changed is the bottom is really not as low as it once was. Um, there used to be a lot of... Uh, not a lot, but there was certainly a handful of terrible cigars that would come out every year or would be produced every year, and they were a lot worse than the handful of terrible cigars that we smoke uh, today. I don't know. Have you tried the Tarano Hogshead? It's pretty bad. I've not had the Hogshead, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, look, there's still some awful cigars that I unfortunately have to smoke over the course of the year, but uh, the, the, the floor has certainly risen. Um, I don't know if the uh, the roof has necessarily risen. I don't know if the, the best cigars are better than they were in 2010 or 2011 or, or even going further back than that. Um, but I think that by and large, the average cigar is better. Now, the one caveat to that is cigars have gotten crazy expensive um, compared mm-hmm. to when I first started smoking right. or when well, I first no started reviewing cigars in 2010. Um, you know, that was a point where, you know, 5 to $6 was sort of the mid-level point. $10 was the, the sort of Super upper, yeah, not upper, the super yeah. premium, but, but was yeah. sort of the the nicer cigars, and then you had your Davidoffs and your Padrones at twelve and thirteen and fourteen, and now we got new companies that I've never heard of, which is not a good sign. Introducing cigars at thirty dollars, and you're like forty, eighty. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, look, I, we you know we've smoked five hundred dollars cigars. We spent a lot of money in cigars, but the the point is, is that you know I think that I'm not sure consumers are necessarily getting any better value than they were. Um, say a decade ago. I do think, though, that the chances of you walk into a humidor with your eyes closed and pick up a cigar, you're probably going to end up with a better one than if you did that same experience 10 years ago. Well, I think um, the price of cigars definitely has gone up. That's not a, I think. That's a, I know. But, uh, like, one of the things uh, you mentioned struck a chord with me is you used to get uh, a good, you know, premium-level cigar in a 5 to to $10 ranger in that area. And we don't even consider premium cigars until we get to like the eight to fifteen dollar range at this point and then they start becoming super premium however i think of them but one of the things we do on the show is we have a price to quality index that we find very important 
because it doesn't have to be a great cigar if it's three dollars but it's got to be worth three dollars if it's three dollars you know like that's that's a point that we try to get across all right so let me ask you on your index so the encore that we smoked earlier 1150 retail 1150 retail i'll put it about five and a half to six yeah, I'm i feel like six. i got a little yeah. more out of it i really yes. like the flavor profile it was very classic cigar so if something comes in at a five it it's like dead center in other words it's worth exactly what you paid for so to say that something's a six means that if you were to tell me this was a 13 14 dollar cigar and i were to buy that in the humidor here at stogie's and pay that for it i would not have been disappointed and that's that's a so, so a six or even a five and a half is a really good number, you know. Uh, I, I think appreciate the highest, it. The highest grade I've ever given is a seven. And what did you give to the black and mild? So the black and mild, I gave a nine because yeah. they cost next to nothing, and they're just fine for that price. And you enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, I mean, they cost under a dollar a piece. And uh, there was a little story with it. I went over to a friend's house. He's like, I bought you a cigar. Ha, ha, ha. And there's a black and mild sitting there. Well, we sat down and played cards against humanity i smoked my black and mild and we had whiskey and we had a great time and that to me was worth way more than that cigar cost right you know sure. and that that deserved a nine in my book because you know here's a super cheap cigar that you can have and it's fine you know mm-hmm. it's not a great cigar by any means i'm still saving the one you gave me it's in my humidity <laughs> <laughs> for that special occasion you know i, you gave, I gave i gave him one for his birthday because because it's funny you don't want to go too early to the special occasion cigars. Right. You want to make sure. But I also think at the same point in time, and this this brought it up because we haven't done this a whole lot, is smoke some of those really inexpensive uh, uh, cigars that have been out there. You know, machine made cigars that have been out there forever. I mean, somebody's smoking them. They sell a bunch of them. So maybe some of them are worth. You know, hey, I don't have a cigar, and the only thing I got is a is a pharmacy down the road that sells some. Dude, of these. I've had a white owl. It's not worth it. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah, some of them are terrible. Yeah, you know, some are absolutely terrible. But I enjoyed that, and it was fun. And it might have been partly just the situation we're in. You know, we we create memories and and uh, and impressions on things by what we're surrounded by too. You know, we're surrounded by yeah. friends and people that like talking about cigars. We're going to enjoy that cigar more. So you know, <coughs> cigars. One of the reasons that we're here at Stogie's today is Saturday. I'm sure it's why you're in town. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so this Saturday is Stogie's fourth wingding. That's right. Um, it's the large multi-vendor event that Jorge Jordan and his staff put on, and it is one of the best multi-vendor events I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot. I've been. I went to my first wingding, I think, four years ago, and will have not missed it since. Will not miss it. It's. It's first of all. For the ticket price, you walk out with way more cigars, cigars. than your ticket oh, price. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So that's the first thing. Plus the beer. Plus, plus the, the beer, food. plus the food. There's always a band. It's always a fun time. It's this large group of people yeah. with the uh, experience that you get in the cigar lounge absolutely. of just being able to hang. But also, one of the things I love is that you make the rounds to the tables and the different cigar companies are there and people are offering. There's always some amazing special deals, whether it's yep. you know getting a like a really cool ashtray if you buy a box or getting you know getting a small box if you buy a large box or two boxes get one free you know whatever yeah. the deals are they're great and it's great to be able to talk to some of the some of the heavier weights in the cigar industry that come down for this show yeah talking about Namish <laughs> <laughs> well you know a lot of for, he's in for town these, he'll be these, there yes yeah. Namish Patel will be there yeah. yeah so for these big events anytime he's there it's an event yeah. let me just say a lot of times the the big owners and dealer principals come out um you know uh 
Oscar Valadares and Island Jim will be here from Island Jim. Uh, I know that uh, Willie Herrera will be here from Drew Estate. Namish will be here from Rocky. Um, you know, so a lot of times this is, you know, these big multi-vendor events is the only time for a consumer to a lot of times catch these guys unless they spend the big money to go out to Big Smoke or something right. where they know they're going to be there. So they can come out buy a box of cigars, get to meet these guys, get them to autograph the boxes. Uh, it's a good time where you, you know, last year there was, uh, there were owners that showed up that weren't even expected. Uh, mm -hmm. AJ was here uh, right. with I Robert Caldwell and Matt, and AJ was not expected to be here. He just came in. He was in Dallas for an event, and he came in and wasn't expected to be here. So it's a it's a nice treat, no telling who may, who. Yeah. Those are the those are the dealer principals I know will be here. That was so actually are, are where I met Nish for the first really? time. Was at uh, was at the Wingding. So are you here just for fun, or are you reviewing it like you do some of the other events? Or no, we don't really cover events like this in terms of that. We we generally stick to the the trade shows and then the the sort of country festivals like Pro Cigar and the Festival del Habano. Um, I'm here because there's a whole bunch of people in town for uh, and sort of some of the same people that you're here, and uh, it's a nice little come to Houston and see and, and talk to not only those people, but uh, the reps and, and some of the, the, the VPs of sales and those sorts of things. Um, and I live in Dallas. So it's not that hard to get here. Yeah. Um, I traditionally have sort of helped out with uh, handing people tickets and those sorts of things. So I'm sure I'll be doing that again in the nice heat. Put you uh, to work. Well, it's supposed yeah. to be nice. It's supposed to be a it's high to be Look, tomorrow. It's, uh, so Saturday, so. It'll be the only way it could get possibly any worse is, uh, I think it was two years ago, it, it was downpouring. Pouring down rain. I remember yeah. it. Yeah. But we were still up under the, uh, under the covered uh, under area. Protection. Yeah, yeah. We still smoked. It yep. was good. <laughs> so, um, if I'm not mistaken, your home store in Dallas, Michael's? No. I know, I know you're there a lot, though. Uh, not so much. I'd like to be in Michael's a lot more. Unfortunately, it's about 45 minutes from oh, where wow. I live and work. Um, I actually don't spend a ton of time in cigar stores. Um, it, it's just sort of a weird habit of the job. I, I do try to go at least once a week just to sort of observe buying habits and things like that. Um, Elite Cigar Cafe is about two minutes away from our office on a very busy traffic day in Addison. So um, Brooks is there, uh, I would say, probably four days a week. Um, I'm not in town a lot, um, and I certainly am by Elite. Uh, I would say I'm probably at Cigar Art more than anything else okay. because I really like Bishop Arts and a lot of the restaurants and bars there. Um, but uh, Michael's is, is I think, uh, if I had to, to talk about sort of the, the two best shops in this state, um, it would be this one and the, the two Michael shops. Um, the Peacocks do an unbelievable job. Their staff uh, it might be the best in the country. Um, bar Jason, none. Bear, Tracy, no, the whole group there, and, is and they've phenomenal. been there forever, and they they know their customers. There are a few stores that I've ever seen go about buying. Did we get? Uh, did, got it. Uh, there are a few <laughs> stores that that I've seen that that buy in a manner that they do. They really know their customers, um, unlike anything else. And so uh, I wish it was closer. Unfortunately. It, it's not. You mentioned something that I thought maybe I was the only person that did this. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people do it. But that's observing people's buying habits. I love to go into the humidor, pick a thing or two for myself, and then stand there and pretend that I'm still trying to decide while I watch what other people <laughs> buy. I love doing that. It's, it's just, it's kind of like, like 
back in the day when everybody had like cassettes and CDs in their S- car. Stop staring at me when I'm in a humidor, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I, would, I, I, I would always go by and look at people's car if they were visible to see like what music they were listening to. Well, you know, I, do the I, same I love th- doing that with cigars. I do the same thing when I go into a humidor, except I'm trying to bring them over to E.P. Carrillo yes, and I offer them. Well, yeah. uh, if you buy two or three of mine, I'll be happy to give you one for yeah, free. See? So, so <laughs> when you see him in a humidor, yeah. you know what to do. <laughs> work, him, work him for a freebie. Uh, no, but it, it, it's really cool. Ian has just poured and passed around, and I was I was gonna uh, say we'll do this in the final segment, but now that you've poured, we'll we'll do it now. This oh, is this the, is not the final segment. No, we have one more segment to no, go. Awesome. Believe well, it or we not. can wait. Uh, well, I tell you what, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back for the final segment of the show. And uh, if you uh, if you can stick around, we'd love to have you stick around and try some McAllen yeah. cask drink. Absolutely. Cask. McAllen cask drink. McAllen cask drink. Thank you. We're gonna try that in the final segment. Everybody says cask. 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 Yeah. 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 That's Mama Cass. I'm not into that. Okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting, and we are in our final segment, show number one hundred and nine. And this they is keep the show letting us do this. Yeah, I know it's amazing. Isn't I it? can't wait for two hundred. Uh, oh well, that's well, going to be a party I'll tell you, after the hundredth show. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to bring in something really special. I I, uh, I was working that day, and you came in. It made the rest of my day very and difficult. Flashed <laughs> through there. Yeah, we had a blast. It was that was so much fun. That show could have gone on uh, I oh, think for, for the hours rest of the day. Hours. Had we wanted to. It was uh, But of course when you get uh I always forget um Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That man can talk. Yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Not only that, but he usually keeps it interesting. He does. Yeah. Jeremiah <laughs> is from uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant. They are our uh, sponsor for the show. They're at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and they're in the shops at Clear Fork and Fort Worth. And uh, we would say two words to you, whiskey and bacon. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. By the way, they go great together. You know, they do. And again, thanks to Jorge and Jordan for letting us do the live remote here. Um, one of the things we I, f- I forgot to mention it last time I was on, and I hadn't mentioned today, Stogie's has two locations here in Houston. Yes, they do. They have a location in, in Sugarland. Sugar mm-hmm. Yeah, so it used to be the old Cigar Cigar. Um, it's there in... I want to say town center, but that's not the right. It's it's town basically square. town square. Town square, yeah. Town square, downtown Sugarland, right by the mall. Phenomenal. They have a twenty-four hour lounge there, and they have it set up where if you're a member there, you can come over here. So beautiful atrium outside where you can watch the people walk by, sit and smoke a cigar. Beautiful humidor. They took over that location about a year and a half ago, yeah, and and really I think have have made the people of Sugarland very happy. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So. Uh, so Ian has poured us the McAllen Cask Strength. Ian, what can you tell us about? This particular whiskey that we are about to taste. It's good. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I would hope so. I have, I have expectations. Okay, so be. as you can see, this is not a fresh bottle. Um, I've actually had this on my shelf for a while. It's one of those where it's... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this up. It's so delicious that I actually just... I got down to about that last third of a bottle, and I've been kind of... No, I'll wait for a better occasion. No, I'll just wait and have something else. And then when you said, what whiskey should we bring... I took a picture, and you said that one. Yeah, uh, you took. There were like five whiskeys in the picture. He texted it to me. Uh, <laughs> well, last first night. I texted you, my lord. Well, but yes, and then I, uh, <laughs> I pretended something was wrong with my phone, and uh, said I didn't get that. Can you text again? And uh, he he texted me a picture. There were five whiskeys in, and I looked at him, and I'm like, 
I'm thinking the McAllen cast strength. Yeah, and I yeah. think and I think here we go. This is this is time to finish this bottle, and I enjoyed every bit of this bottle down to this point. So I'm going to let you guys tell me what you think about it. I will just mention uh, your theory about uh, how the last third of the bottle always goes much slower. Yes. I, uh, Not this I was, one. I was talking about this <laughs> last night at the uh, – I forget who I was uh, talking to, but I was talking about it uh, at the Whiskey Sniff, and that is that my, my favorite tequila – is the uh, Jose Cuervo. This is the only Cuervo that I actually like, but the Jose Cuervo Reserva de la Familia. Familia. Oh, my which gosh. Is, that is it's, so good. it's my favorite tequila, I think, that I've ever had. And it is my sort of, you know, um, go-to special occasion, if you will. Yeah. And so I us- generally always have a bottle at home. Um, the last third, the last bit of the last bottle that I had lasted for months. You don't want my, to finish it. My wife got me a new bottle for my birthday recently. Gone. Boy, the tequila's been flowing. There's something about having the new <laughs> bottle. You just feel like, okay, Here, we're going this. there. Here, we're totally this. going there. Yeah. Um, so so I understand what you're saying, and, and it will be time to get the so new So this bottle. is a uh, sherry cask finish. Uh, but you can tell right away, oh, by yeah, the way, the yeah, sherry yeah, cask. The color and, the, and the, yeah. the nose. This uh, has those classic sherry cask notes. You know, I like almost anything sherry cask. Um, but it's also quite the chocolate bomb, I find. Chocolate mm-hmm. with a little hint of cinnamon and a lot of vanilla going on in it and some dark yeah. fruit flavors. I find this to be quite interesting. It also does so well when you put just uh, just one small cube of ice and let it melt through. It uh, it opens up the flavors a lot. You get a lot uh, brighter flavors when it happens. But this has been, like I said, I've been coveting that last third for a while. So, so. I've had it, but it's been a while. What's the ABV on it? This is uh, fifty-eight point four. Okay, I knew. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's bigger. It's got yeah. it's got a nice little bit of heat yeah. on it, and I really like that. And it's it's interesting because the heat the heat's not really like some of the bigger um, uh, ABVs uh, that we've tried. They mask a lot of the ABV, and they drink a little smoother. This actually lets you know that it's there. I like it's, it, it's but whiskey. in a yeah. great way. Like yeah. you get the heat, but you know you're drinking a bigger whiskey. Yep. On this, and I think that's an incredibly cool balance for them to have uh, created in this expression. Do you remember what the cost is for a bottle? Of? Uh, if I remember correctly, I bought this bottle. Now this bottle's a few years old, and I bought it, I think, in the neighborhood of eighty. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I've been very happy with it. Like well. I said, today we're going to say goodbye to it. We only have so much, so drink up, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on it? Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's, it's got a sweetness on the finish. Um, that I really like, and I'm sure that's from the finishing cast. But mm. oh, goes great with cigars. Yes. Mm-hmm. almost it, any cigar. It's pairing well with that Capital Soul. That that Ecuadorian Sun Grown. It just goes really well with that. Well, I'll just say this: this cigar has paired well with pretty much everything we've tried, including, by the way, the Orange Mocha Frappuccino, which I know we were a little disappointed in. Still, but the it, pairing wasn't bad. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I do uh, want to throw something out real quick, uh, just because it's it's one of my favorite shops. Uh, in the area, and the owners there are wonderful. So Cigar Town over off of North Eldridge Parkway. Mm-hmm. Today is their ninth anniversary. Sweet. Congratulations. Yeah. Have, yeah. So they were one of the shops um, that the hurricane destroyed them, took them out. Right, I do remember. Uh, so Cheryl and Daniel, the owners of the shop over there, they, they rebuilt. They didn't say, they didn't call it quits. Their, their customers actually went, that there's waist-high water, and they were going in with rafts and floaties. And floating and, the cigars out. And getting the cigars that, that weren't destroyed yes. and floating them out through the parking lot, getting them to Cheryl's car so they could get them to safety. And so many people here in Houston, customers, cigar shop owners, 
took their cigars, said, we'll hold them or we'll buy them from you until you can get back on your feet. Wow. They got going back on their feet, reopened right before Christmas. And then, um, so they, this is their ninth anniversary. They're doing a party today uh, with Oliva. So Trenton from Oliva, Trenton which you all know, I yes, know. Absolutely. Um, Who was uh, responsible for some of the cigars uh, at the Whiskey Sniff. Absolutely. Yes. And that's, that's one of the reasons I didn't feel uh, bad about mentioning them, oh, even though we're here yeah. at Stogie's. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're doing an all-day party today. They'll be there until 7. As a matter of fact, uh, when I get finished with y'all, Cam and I are heading over there. They've asked you know for all the reps to come over and just say hello. They're like, yeah, you don't have to buy anything. Come in and just say hi. So nice. they're good people. If you get a chance, go over and you're watching, go over and visit them. We support that. That wholeheartedly and by the way in all of the coverage that i saw for the hurricane i didn't once see any of the major tv networks showing people floating cigars out in the little rack. it's disappointing i am disappointed. disappointing i believe they should have shown that. yeah i you know there's a lot of things human interest you yeah know? you know there, there were a lot of things you had uh we, we heard about the cajun navy that came in and really helped people down in the dickinson area and over beaumont the east coast uh or the the eastern part of the city all the way down to where cam was cam's house was literally destroyed in the hurricane and he didn't you know they didn't have uh, the insurance helped them only so much but um they, they didn't get any extra help he re, him and his fiance rebuilt that house with their paychecks wow. and and he him and his thing to do him and his dad and his soon-to-be father-in-law did a lot of the work themselves in the house i mean i've i've been to the house and it's i saw it gutted and i've seen what it's been rebuilt to but you know there were a lot of things that the, the the people that just went down and helped rescue people off their roofs and the police officers that went out on their own time. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you see weathermen out there with their raincoats blowing and trucking through four foot of water, but that's what they were showing. They weren't showing the true help that the city of Houston, as we came together, did. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a pretty cool thing to have seen all of the ways that people pitched in. And now, of course, you've got... You know, people in the Carolinas that not only went through all this, but are about to get rain dumped Gone. on them again. So, uh, it's it's a tough uh, it's a tough situation to be in. And I know we saw Houston come together. I, I certainly hope that ha uh, that happens for those guys as yeah. well. I really do. So, uh, any thoughts on the McAllen? You know, it's it's a very very good rendition of uh, McAllen. I get a little bit of like lemon meringue um, up front, oh, nice. and then yeah. uh, a lot of molasses, and, and obviously a ton of cast notes, um, and it's for whatever that was 58% it's super smooth yeah um, I'm normally not necessarily a scotch drinker but when I do I go heavy peat um, sort of the Bruglotti route so this is a, mm -hmm. a much different route but still strong enough as opposed to a normal account which is really not my cup of tea um, this is uh, this is as good a, a scotch as you brought in a while I think or a good of a whiskey. Right Actually, there, I, I don't think I've brought uh, a scotch in quite a while. Yes, no, you, I brought you whiskey, haven't. but not. Oh, yeah, not my, well, that was my mistake. I, but, I wonder uh, if that's why y'all have Chris on. Oh, oh, <laughs> because absolutely. you know he basically loads a truck bed full of yes. whiskey and brings it to the show. And well, it's funny because when Chris is a guest, uh, as we're getting ready to start the show. He starts pulling out whiskeys and putting them on the top of the stand. It's, it's he's got this it's little thing bag. To be yeah, yeah. And, it's thing and, to be old. And to, to to go ahead and be geeky for you guys, for me, it's like a bag of holding whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he just it's like or, or, or clown car. It just keeps coming out of this bag. There's right. more and more whiskeys. Like how it much used to be a box. Can you fit into a yeah. And sometimes <laughs> sometimes one of the bottles out of the forty five that he brings, you can actually go buy at the store. Well, yes, that occasionally yeah, every will now happen. and then. Yeah. It's it's actually amazing to be able to try a lot of those. Uh, whiskeys that are hard to attain and I feel so lucky in that 
that he does that. Well, the for worst him. thing I hate is here's like here we're gonna try this, but don't fall in love with it. You'll never be able to drink it again. Yeah, I I, I, I like to tease Chris about that about his show. I love being invited on his show, Whiskey Neat. Which, by the way, if you're not checking it out, please do. That was awesome. By the way, that was so, just awesome. Is uh, the only reason y'all bring me is because I bring cigars? Oh well, the only reason? No. 99%. Does it contribute? <laughs> yes. No. But I love being on Chris's show because of being able to sample those things. But I like to tease him. I, I'll go, Chris, I watched your show, and it was so frustrating. I went to the store, and nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so so Doug Carroll, who is watching this right now, the Mary Poppins of whiskey. <laughs> that's. I think he's referring to Chris. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's like one of the best I've ever heard. That's good. That's really, really good. Uh, we're going to try one more beer before the show is, uh, is over. This is one that I tucked into my little uh, holding bag, if you will. I tell you what, uh, I got introduced to Ballast Point. Um, Trey Andrews, who I was talking about, mm-hmm. this with McAuliffe, which I'm sure you know, Trey. Tattoo Trey. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the only person I know that has a tattoo of a cigar shop owner on his body. Yeah, that would be about the only. Yeah, one that so I could. there was a there was a long story, but basically somebody was. It got started. Hey, if it was the tattoo is, I'm not even going to describe it, but uh, it was basically uh, kind of started. I think as a joke, and they were in Louisiana, and somebody saw it, and Trey was like, "Well, if they'll do this, give me so much money." And uh, it was not very much money. What? Yeah, it was. It was basically. I think he got more <laughs> store credit than the money was to pay for the tattoo. Yeah, right, it was. Right. He didn't really come out ahead on that one. No, but he has. So he has Don Wiggins from Underground Cigars tattooed on him. Wow, that's that's commitment. That's commitment. It um, is. But it, is he the one that introduced you to Ballast Point? Yeah. So when I was working at the Man Cave and we did the uh, Smoke on the Water cruise, um, <clears throat> he came out and brought some Ballast Point before the before it, and he brought two or three different ones, and I was blown. One of them was an IPA. And open. It's one of yeah. That's yes. Ballast Point does great. I and they I, really do. you know, I'm, as y'all know, I'm, but I, I was blown away. It was really, really good. We had uh, a Ballast Point uh, rep on the show who now actually works. Now that the company's been sold and and uh, the original owners kept the spirits portion and renamed it, he now works for their uh, spirits portion. But uh, he brought on an amazing assortment of Ballast Point uh, beers and. I was a fan then, and and am an even bigger fan now. Now that I've tried uh, so much of what they have to offer, but I had never tried this, and I saw it, and I just thought it looked interesting. It is called Coconut Victory at Sea. You had me at ten percent. It mm. <laughs> it is an imperial porter, and uh, it is ten percent uh, porter with coffee and natural flavors. It says, um, and sometimes I get a little burnt out on the coffee porters. To be honest, they. It seems like uh, there's so many of yeah. them, and so many of them are not that distinguishable from others. Others, yeah. uh, but with coconut, I thought you know this could be different. And I had Ian at ten percent, so uh, <laughs> you had me and at you 10%. had me at coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, so uh, what's your thoughts? Ian? This does everything it's supposed to do. I think the mouthfeel is right. The the lower carbonation is fantastic well the, there's no comparison the mouthfeel between this and right the, this uh, this has the, and this uh, is wow. a porter versus uh was that a stout, stout. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is a porter versus yeah but it's a 10 percent porter versus a also, seven right so i think that's, that's true that's a good point this hits the points that you made a lot it's yeah. got it's a little boozier it's a little uh it's just got that big mouthfeel the flavor goes all the way across through the beginning the middle and the end the aftertaste the coconut is there. It's not sickly sweet. It's um, it's interesting. 
the coffee is present in the, especially in the very end of the flavor uh, and the aftertaste and everything leaves you with a great, you know, like that coffee aftertaste is really nice. Um, I'm for it. If you dunked an Almond Joy in Kahlua and coffee, this is what this feels yeah. like it would yeah. taste like. I would go with this. that. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, uh, like you said, the mouth. Sometimes feel is, you feel like a nut. <laughs> the mouthfeel is incredibly rewarding, by the way. It's 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 <laughs> yes. exactly what you're. And uh, for the for those who uh, have not seen some of the previous shows, Ian is such a huge believer in mouthfeel that he will occasionally bring a beer. I had to restrict him from bringing beers to the show after one that he brought. I, I don't mean to say that it was chewy. I mean, it actually had chunks in it. And I was like, okay, we, uh, we got to mix it up a little better than this. We can't. Uh, what was we, it? We can't. It was a barrel-aged vintage ale. Um, and I can't remember which year it was. I'd have to go back and look. But it, it was definitely chunky. Like, it, it would stick to your teeth. Yeah. It and, was, but it was delicious. It, it, it was quite quite tasty but that was, i don't want to chew my that beer. one was I just don't. that particular one was recommended from um i'm blanking on his name right now but from the guy over at uh, d&q mart mm. uh and if you haven't shopped at d&q mart here in houston that it's it looks like a little convenience store and it's filled and it's with so not <laughs> it's it's all beer and wine and hard to find beers he goes uh, on occasionally around the country and somewhere in the back depths of his shop sometimes he's like you should try this and if you're one of those people that enjoys as i always do the uh, stores that will allow you to mix and match your own six-pack there is no larger mix and match selection that i've ever seen than at the dnq it's it's worth yeah. it this is wonderful now it's i great. kept this really cold and i know that may be against the uh i think that was a good idea though why, yeah. do, why uh, do you have so much in your glass well because <laughs> like what's happening over there uh this is just me moving slowly but uh, <laughs> trust me i'll catch up uh but uh, ordinarily i know a lot of especially fans of porters and stouts are really big on the room temperature thing i'm loving this cold no, I think it's getting worse as it, it warms up. It seems like it's um, it's getting a little bit more acidic. And the crispness that I think uh, Victory at Sea is really sort of the, the highlight is it's a 10% or it's a high ABV porter, but it always has a really refined crispness, crispness uh, too, yeah. no matter what the variant's been. That seems to be disappearing as it, it warms up. And the mouthfeel's getting a little bit thinner, um, it, it seems like. So this is one of those beers. I, there's certainly some of them that, um, you know, even really good beers like um, BCBS Vanilla from a few years ago. That's a beer that's you know you keep in the fridge and ten minutes in the freezer right before you want to open it. For right. me, was always, um, you know, there's some beers that do better than that, and then there's Eclipse, which should be drunk out of a microwave essentially. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. I, I, I agree. You should write for the beer side too. No, I should not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough to do. Uh, I want to point out that it goes well with the Macallan. Yes, uh, I, I can. Uh, yeah, I'm going to test that. But yes, I, I think it will. I think the Macallan's providing sort of like this Dr. Pepper sensation on the finish uh, with the coconut porter. Well, that's said. incredibly interesting. Well, that said. you said it that way yeah. too. And I'm a Dr. Pepper guy, so that works for me. And he's just um, drinking a Dr. Pepper. He went straight to the chase. Either yeah. that or, or my drink got shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, uh, are there any, uh, when you're operating a blog that I'm going to assume is as successful as Half Wheel is, I certainly think of it as a successful blog, um, are there thoughts of, okay, here's what we're going to do to take it to the next level? Uh, is it, I mean, can you take Half Wheel to a, to a further level? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's always room. We're certainly looking at other projects. I think that um, 
Halfwheel in many ways sort of runs itself at this point. Um, we have a formula that seems to be working both in terms of the content and the, the staffing and the business side. Um, and so we've been very fortunate. I, I've always said that, that we were so lucky in terms of the people that we had working at the site from day one and also the, the timing of the site. I don't think it would have worked had we introduced it in 2015, but it really worked in 2012. And so uh, we're certainly looking at some ideas. Um, I don't have anything to share yet. We'd like to do more video. We've sort of been open about that. I know there were a lot of people that enjoy doing it. It's sort of a pain for us to produce it. Um, we certainly don't want to create a podcast where we're doing video on a weekly basis, but sort of when we have things where we think the video medium can can provide an extra depth for our readers, then we will turn them into viewers um, and, uh, and do that. But um, no, I mean, it, it's basically just trying to make the best version of of half wheel that we can and and you know um i don't think we're going to go into the podcast route i don't think we're going to go into the the video blog no one wants to see me smoking a cigar on a porch um <laughs> you know so uh it's just an hour video where he sits there and smokes his cigars <laughs> and writes on a tablet yeah, yeah. i would click on it at least you yeah. know <laughs> I, yeah i guess well, you need 20 seconds to yeah. make it a view <laughs> i got i got you so no plans uh, for for uh new half wheel and then having to retract and go back to half wheel classic no, no, I think we, we're, uh, we are looking at um, and certainly are aiming to have uh, an updated version of the site uh, online at some point, um, probably in the middle of next year, right before the trade show, although that seems like a really bad idea. Um, the current version of the site's been up since 2013, so it's, it's a little bit old, um, and uh, it's certainly, it, it, the back end of the site and sort of the technical aspects of how it is operating there's a lot of wordpress plugins that don't have compatibility with each other that we have found a way to make work and and you tweak one thing and six things break so uh we need to fix that we'd like to be able to show our pictures with a lot more high quality particularly after spending thirty thousand dollars on cameras early this year so um you know uh, your, your photography is amazing Do not my photography brooks's photography well, is incredible <laughs> the photography on the site sometimes my photography is in focus you know, <laughs> i'm i'm taking photos sometimes to post on our facebook page with my you know iphone camera of a cigar and then i look on half wheel and there's oh my god that cigar looks yeah. amazing you know uh but but no it, it is one of the highlights of the site honestly your photography is is terrific you mentioned uh, earlier that there are not as many cigar blogs as there used to be what what happened why did why did so many of them disappear? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I don't know if we were the largest cause of it. We certainly were a, a major cause. I think that um, when we started, you know, I would venture to guess that the, the sort of cigar blogs, there were probably a couple of them that were making in the low five figures, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year, probably a mixture between cash and product, sort of in revenue, not certainly in net. So, you know, there were a couple sites that were generating enough money and, and free goods where uh, the people that were writing for the sites probably had their cigar expenditures covered in, you know, a decent way, probably not fully. Um, and then, there, but there was no one that was doing this at any sort of level that would have been close to a full-time job. Um, and we certainly, when we started, didn't, were not doing that. Brooks had a full-time job. I was still in school at the time. Um, but shortly thereafter, we figured out a way to make it work. And I think that as we got more aggressive, that created uh, a need for some other people to become more aggressive. Certainly Cigar Coop, uh, when you look at the version of the site that he's running today, it is much different than the version that he was running in 2012. Um, and so 
as the competition got stronger, not just with us and Coop and Cigar Aficionado, quite frankly, got a lot better. Cigar Journal's online presence really increased. I think that it made it harder for a lot of these hobbyist guys that were, you know, semi-pro hobby. Right, I don't know how right. to describe it. They weren't, you know, just on a straight-up Blogspot account, not bringing in any money. They, you know, this was a, a, a nice subsidization of their their cigar hobby. I think that that changed it. I think that as uh, I say this, as videos become more important, I think that some of it shifted there. Although I go on Cigar YouTube and I'm always amazed by just how little there is. And, and outside of two or three people, there's there's really no one with, with noticeable or really quantifiable audiences. Um, and then, you know, I think that, you know, there's just the, the sort of natural attrition of, uh, you know, as your competitors get bigger and bigger and more professional, I imagine it becomes less fun to just be doing it um, a- as an amateur. And so I think that um, that probably led to, to some of the sites packing it up. And more importantly, we just don't see as many new cigar blogs. That's really, I think, the big difference. It's not so much that there are, there was always cigar blogs going, but there was always more coming in. And w- we just don't. I'm, I mean, if there were eight or nine new cigar blogs this year that were brand new launched, it would surprise me, to be quite frank. Well, uh, at least in the English language, I'm sure in Europe and the rest of it, there's a different story. Well, it always surprised. I say it surprised me. That's the wrong word. It, it always you so many. It interesting. Well, so many of the of the new ones that come in are female, because there's one young lady out there, uh, Delicia Cigar Vixen. She has been very successful in what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very well known in the industry. She's done everything from cigar safaris to her blog to her YouTube channel. Um, uh, she does events with different different companies, and there are have been a lot of young ladies that have come in to try and follow her model, but you can only follow so many, you know, people, right? And right. so it, it it becomes difficult to okay, you've got uh, a, a young attractive female that's that's doing cigars, and it's really beneficial. There's there's one that's coming up now, uh, smoking one with Tatum. She's mm-hmm. she's relatively new. I don't know if you've seen her yet, Charlie, but she she. Seems to know what she's doing. She seems to know what she's talking about on cigars. Her videos are quick. They're not long. They're just a couple minutes long because she doesn't smoke the whole cigar for an hour. She smokes it and then cuts the camera. And she comes back, all right, now I've smoked half of it. This is what I'm getting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's quick where some of them, I've seen some of them where they smoke a ringmaster. You're talking a two-hour smoke, and the video is two hours long because they're smoking the whole, the whole thing, yeah. talking about it. And no one's going to sit there and watch you smoke a cigar for two I'm, hours straight. Uh, quite frankly, I'm surprised people watch this show all the way through. <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, uh, because you know, when we first started, we were um, we were airing on Radio Brave, and so we had these real strict you know time constraints of we did five 12 minute segments and that was the show and uh, when radio brave went away but we can kept the show going as a podcast and an independent show and uh launched on on youtube and on uh facebook uh we lost that need to constrain the uh the segments and uh certainly we've taken some liberties with that a it's bit. Uh, <laughs> uh you know the uh the 100th anniversary show was what was it? About three and a half hours long. It was. It was long. And could have gone. And could have gone, gone on the rest of the yeah. day. We, we actually wrapped that one up. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I'm going to take on a project real soon here is going on and cleaning up our YouTube space because we put uh we put our videos up as one whole video and I want to go in there and actually like break it up and make it a little more by segments. Right, and make it a little more uh, accessible because you know who wants to sit down and watch three hours of something. 
it's fun when we're live or if you have it on the back uh, background or if uh, if you're listening to it as a podcast that's a different thing because you can have it on in the background do whatever you're doing but if you're going to sit down and watch it I think a lot of people are turned off by the fact that that our videos are just all up there so that's one of those projects I got to go in and clean up and see if I can make the YouTube thing happen well, and in trying to cover craft beer and cigars and spirits I mean there's generally a lot to talk about yeah. so you know it's 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 a thing but um, Charlie, thank you so much for uh, joining us. This no, was an unexpected pleasure. We are huge fans of, of Half Wheel and, and are, are thrilled to see how successful you guys have been and uh, I think will continue to be. Um, we are uh, also, you know, just in your debt, uh, Alan, not only did you help out with the, uh, with the whiskey sniff last night, but you're, uh, you're now tied for the uh, most frequent visitor we've had on the show. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> I enjoy it. I, lo I love you guys. From the first time I met y'all and y'all had me on through out the course of being on several times, you know, throughout the years. And I enjoy it. I love it. Love y'all. Love your wives. It was uh, it was great getting to see yours again last night. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, have a great time on the show. Y'all do something great. I mean, y'all help the industry, the, the spirits industry, the beer industry, the cigar industry. You don't come on. You don't trap. Well, you do trash, but um, sometimes. But but, look, uh, but we have to be real. That's yeah, exactly that's the thing. Exactly. You know? And you and I talked about that yesterday. That that we both came away from the conversation from the last show with a little different. I saw where you were coming from, and I mm -hmm. hope you saw where I was coming I from. Did. And and you know, we even had a conversation with. I had a conversation after the show with someone very big in the. I'm not going to get into that, but we talked about it. You that, told me, and it was a great story. Yeah, and, and I was hoping you would tell it. But absolutely I not. I understand why you're <laughs> absolutely not. not. I understand why you're not. But yeah. no, look, uh, we do we do believe in being supportive to these industries. These are the things that we love, and so that's that's what got us into doing the show in in the beginning when Ian and I first you know talked about doing the show. We said you know there's really two things we want to do. We want to you know be a part of these industries these things that we love so much and we love samples well just like where you we've watched half wheel what it's come from and where it's gone to and and i can't wait to see what smoking and toasting has next thank you that's a very cool thing to say <laughs> before we wrap i just want to say a huge thank you uh to jorge and his staff here at stogies and how awesome they are and encourage you this this is a if you are not in from the Houston area. This is a must visit when you're in Absolutely. Houston. This you, is a this is yeah. a destination. This is not just a cigar lounge going and have a cigar. This is a destination spot when you come to no Houston. No question. Right, right now we're actually in the private lounge uh, where all the lockers are and everything. But there's private a lounge number two. Yeah, private yeah. lounge <laughs> number two. There's a huge area where anyone can walk into because right. there's you, you know, don't like, have to be a member to find a really comfortable place. No. Right. One of my issues with with uh, some cigar places is there's no real like you don't hang out unless you're in unless, the, you're a member. unless you actually have yeah. a membership and stuff. This you guys got a great outside, or well, Jorge has a great outside. He has this great humidor, this whole area, and, and everyone's so friendly here. You can sit in like a few different nooks. It's a great spot. Well, his outside location, which he keeps heated. There's fans. There's a TV. His outside location is bigger than a lot of cigar lounges total. <laughs> yes, that's very true. And what I love is I, I rolled up in here what 
10 30 11 o'clock yesterday morning there were already a number of people sitting outside yeah. smoking cigars and i loved that it was just a, it just made me feel good about the cigar community uh, in general a um, couple things to mention uh, thanks again to everybody who was a part of the whiskey sniff uh, we had such a great time it was uh, uh, our first event and we're we're so pumped to do another one and that is coming we promise you we'll give you uh, the details thank you to cameron who is uh, on the show today um, we uh, bumped him very unceremoniously, uh, but uh, but bigger please, and we, better things. We want you to come back, Cam, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and talk uh, talk cigars and whiskey with us. A couple of things to mention that are coming up on next week's show. Do you know who Jim Murray is? Who does the Whiskey Bible? Mm-hmm. You heard of the Whiskey Bible? Yeah. He has named his number one, one whiskey, yep. and we'll talk about that in uh, on next week's show. I was actually going to talk about it today, but we had uh, mm-hmm. so much going on. Plus, Texas does not get enough credit, in my opinion, for being on the forefront of trends when it comes to cigars and spirits and craft beer. And so we'll talk about what some Texas bar owners are doing to provide beer at their location for your dog. That's coming up on next week's show as well. We have some great special guests lined up. Uh, we'll uh, do a post on the uh, on the Facebook page and let you know who some of our upcoming guests are. We have some great guests in the next several weeks. And, Alan, it is always a pleasure. Absolutely. I enjoy being here. And, and by the way, I'm enjoying this second cigar about as much as I uh, enjoyed the first. The uh, I want to say it right. It's Capa de Sol. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fantastic. I love the spiciness of this. Yeah, it's a great cigar. This is this is working for me. So, Ian, any last thoughts? Oh, fantastic cigars! Thank you so much. You're very Generosity welcome. last night and every uh, every other time has been absolutely wonderful. I appreciate that. Thanks to uh, Adam, my producer on the Wheels of Steel. Thanks to everyone again who came out for the whiskey sniff. Uh, more coming, and uh, we will uh, all appreciate everyone who helps to spread the word about the show. You guys are our backbone. Thank you, and uh, as we like to say, cheers. Cheers.